Love Live Rock Reality Radio, Rev Rocky Ajay for Yahweh. Welcome here on Saturday Night Live to Transform Recovery and Deliverance. We are broadcasting live here after a Brewers game here in Phoenix, Arizona. And they are uh, bumper to bumper traffic, so as much help as I can get from those that are on the line here on Saturday Night Live, uh, we appreciate you being with us. The date here today is March 17th, 2019, or is it March 16th? I'm not 16th. sure. 16th, that's right, okay. And uh, I thought it was the 16th this morning when I <laughs> did the program this morning. So anyway, yes, 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 Saturday Night Live. We are bringing forth a whole new section of the book here. Um, and as I'm in route, uh, we may be uh, somewhat challenged without that uh, literature in front of me, but uh, I'm going to do the best that I can. I hope that you have your books with you. You'll be able to uh, read from the Transformed Recovery and Deliverance uh, texts. If you don't have copies of those, make sure you talk to us after the meeting so we can at least get you at the very least the electronic copies, and then you can read them on your phone while you are in route wherever you are, and uh, you're able to travel and be wherever you are and do whatever you're doing and still participate in the Saturday Night Live program. So uh, I think I see Mr. Cotton with us here today. Danny, uh, if you want to go ahead, Daniel, and uh, open us up in prayer here and uh, uh, ask for the power of the Holy Spirit to be on this line, that would be greatly appreciated. Hallelujah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you sound great, brother. Hallelujah. Dear gracious Father, we thank you for the Messiah being our Savior. We thank you for the joy of Messiah, the joy of Yeshua being our strength. We thank you for the peace, the love. We thank you for just We thank you for just being amongst us as we're still in the land of the living, working out our soul salvation with fear and trembling. We thank you for those that you took home prior to us that to be absent from the body is to be present with Yeshua. So we even thank you for our preparation time, that your will being done, your people that's called by your name, humbling ourselves and praying, seeking your face, turning from our wicked ways, that you may hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. Heal, and we pray for everyone from President Trump, from the cabinet, from the presidentials, our presidents, our electorates, Father, and we pray for our peace in Jerusalem, peace in Israel, and we pray for each and every one of our uh, political figures as well as our, uh, our emergency uh, people, the police department, the fire department. We pray that your will be done, and we ask that you move mightily upon our people that are unrighteously taking lives from those that are looking to protect and serve. We ask that your will be done, that forgiveness upon our land and forgiveness upon our sins. Forgive us for any idols, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride of life, any false religion, any false gods, any false prophets that we have followed, dear precious Father. We ask that your will be done, that we draw a closer walk with you, closer relationship with you, and that we know you and you crucified, that we know you 
and you put on a torture stake for our sins. In your precious and mighty son's name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Another heartbreak day Feels like you're miles away Don't even need no shade When your sun don't shine Shine Too many passing dreams Roll by like limousines It's hard to keep believing When it pass you by Transformed Recovery. What is the Transformed Fellowship? Transformed is a nonprofit fellowship of the body of Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. 
we meet regularly to encourage and equip each other through the foundation of principles written in the sacred scriptures. Deliverance from addictions, alcohol, drugs, demons, defects, idols, flesh, sins, and strongholds is our directive. Our purpose is expressed by its family of members through the most important principle of all, which is love. We know and understand without love, we are nothing. Hallelujah. Welcome again to Transformed Recovery and Deliverance. Let's go around and introduce ourselves. Uh, in Transformed Recovery, we don't introduce ourselves like they do in Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, where they claim that they're an addict or they claim they're an alcoholic. No, no, no. We never, we never claim any of that. We don't speak any death over our life. We uh, tell people right out. I think Jamie's trying to call me. She was on the call. I don't know why she's thinking she's not on the call. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, my phone's ringing, and I'm pretty sure it's Jamie. Um, anyway, uh, I'm rock, and I'm free, and he who the sun sets free is free indeed. So uh, I, the battery's completely dead. I took too many pictures at the Brewer game. So let's go around and introduce ourselves. Again, don't speak death over your life. Uh, the goal here is to uh, speak life over your life. And... Uh, let everybody uh, be able to, to hear something positive about who you are, what you are, why you are, and where you are. Hallelujah. I am Sandy, and I am grateful to be free today. Hallelujah. <laughs> Uncle Ken's just chilling. Hallelujah. Daniel. And I'm thankful to be set free, delivered from strongholds and soul ties, alcohol and drugs, and delivered from slowfulness. Hi, I'm Sammy, and I am so grateful to be here this evening. And I got my Bible, and hallelujah. I'm so happy. Hallelujah. If you could, Sammy, open up your Bible to Romans 12, and okay. if you could read Verses 1 all the way through uh, 3, that would be great. And in the meantime, uh, Daniel, do you got your book in front of you? Romans 1, what, Rev? I'm sorry. No, Romans 12, 1 through 3. Okay, yeah, and, I got uh, that. Daniel, Mark. Do, you have, do you have your book in front of you? Yes, I do. All right, great. If you could read the preamble this week, we'll switch it up. Uh, a lot of times that's what Jamie reads. But uh, this week we're going to have uh, Jamie uh, read uh, Sacred Scripture Step 1. Hallelujah. Okay. Sammy, do you got it? Romans 12? Yeah, I got it. All right, you're on. Therefore, brethren, I call on you through the compassion of Elo. Elo I'm still learning Elohim to present your bodies a living sacrifice holy to Elohim which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this age but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in order to prove by you what is the good and pleasing and perfect will of Elohim for through the grace which is given to me, I say to everyone, being among you, not to have high thoughts.
thoughts beyond what is right to think, but set your mind to be right-minded, even as Elohim divided a measure of faith to each. Hallelujah. Transform is a faith fellowship of men and women who overcome their challenges together, defeat the enemy of self, defeat demons of darkness, share victories, share knowledge, share understanding, share wisdom that's results-driven and Bible-based. Spiritual awakenings are many, which lead us to come to three stark realities. We're not God. Who is God? Yah. Turning over our life to Yah. Hallelujah. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop sinning and a desire to start winning. Something's rewinding a lot. About background noise, but anyway. Two. That's just my phone. All right. Hallelujah. The only requirement. Hallelujah. The only requirement for membership is desire to stop sinning and a desire to start winning. To honestly destroy denial and open up. Recognizing our need for change. Repentance. Through the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we solve the sin problem by discovery and recovery that the only real and certain way out was only through the way, the truth, and the life of Yeshua, Messiah, the one sent by his Father, Yahweh, to save us. I learned to live this way, this truth, this life, by the transforming power of repairing three love relationships. Vertical, love relationship with Yah, I am. Internal, love relationship with self. Horizontal, love relationship with my neighbor. Matthew 22:36-39, HRB. Two most important commands. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the Torah? And Yeshua said to him, you shall love Yahweh, your Elohim, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Hallelujah. Clean and transformed. Being clean, what does it really mean? Compulsion, obsession, addiction fixation, temptation, intimidation, coercion. Being clean, what does it really mean? In the Transform Recovery Program, being clean is much more than simply not using drugs. Note, alcohol, number one killing drug. In Transform, being clean involves a large number of unclean possibilities, many of which a newcomer may not be completely aware of or may be in denial of. The list of potential addictions is unending. Our goal is to be Yah-dependent, Yah-fident, and Yah-sufficient. Yah is our source. Hallelujah. Addictions, people, codependency, religion, traditions, 
alcohol, spirits, pharmacia, pharmacy, anger, hurtful, pornography, sex, masturbation, sex, food, gluttony, workaholism, coffee, nicotine, caffeine, sugar, tobacco, gambling, excitement, sex, attention, cutting, anorexia, bulimia, piercings, tattoos, hoarding, idols, TV, music, movies, video games, internet, texting, sports, working out, money, mammon, sleep, shopping, materialism, patriotism, politics, crosses, and many, many more. Hey, do we got a J with a household full of people up there in Madison, Wisconsin area? Stoughton, uh, do you uh, have the ability to read Sacred Scripture Step 1? And do you have some people there to introduce as well as introducing yourself? Um, hi, I'm Jamie. And um, Dean and Lori are here. Do you want to say hi, Lori? Dean? <laughs> Did you hear them? <laughs> yeah, hey you guys, glad to have you on tonight. Welcome. Okay, step one, transformed recovery. Sacred scripture, step one, conviction of sins. sin. We admitted we were powerless over addictions, alcohol, drugs, defects, demons, flesh, idols, sin, and strongholds. We allowed them to wreck our lives, steal our dreams, take our purpose, and make our lives unmanageable. We even built a wall of separation between our Creator and ourselves. We broke and even destroyed the intended intimate relation, that intended intimate relationship. Now, having discovered our own destruction through conviction of rock-bottom reality, broken emptiness and darkness, we cry out and see the light. We recognize and admit our desperate need for help. Yeshua, our hope, past, present, and future. Our past does not determine our future. Acknowledge and admit, one, who I was, two, who I am now, and three, who I am transforming into. Um, Admit I've been a sinner and that I've practiced some or all of the following defective behaviors addiction, alcoholism, demonic oppression, and possession, fleshly thinking, idol worship, and or unrighteous living. To accept that I've been a sinner and that I'm engaged in some of these or other defective behaviors, Three, surrendered my sin, stopped sinning, understanding that in self I'm powerless over all defective behaviors. 
speaking life, declaring, I am transformed, I am that, I am Yah. Romans 12, 1 and 2. You were these things. 1 Corinthians 6, 11, Hebrew Roots Bible. And some of you were these things, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Master, Yeshua, and in the spirit of our Elohim. Our hope is in sacred scripture, step two, Yahweh, Yeshua. Amen. Bye. 
Transformed Recovery, Sacred Scripture, Step 2, Who I've Sinned Against. Came to believe I am that I am, Yahweh, is the creator of the universe. L-A-N, the most high deity, who created the heavens, who created the earth, who created everything in it, who created both man and woman. Yahweh is our Heavenly Father, who sent his son Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus, approximately 2,000 years ago. The highest power is his Ruach, the spirit of Yahweh, and is with us. Yahweh is much greater than ourselves. Our hope rests in his powerful transformation, which restores us to sanity, peace, contentment, and right relationship with him. Yeshua is the only name by which we are saved from sin. Transformed Recovery, My Name Forever, Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 through 15 from the Hebraic Roots Bible. And Moses said to the Elohim, Behold, I shall come to the sons of Israel and say to them, The Elohim of your fathers has sent me to you, and they will say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And Elohim said to Moses, Ia, Asher, Ia, I am that I am. And he said, You shall say this to the sons of Israel, Ia, I am, has sent me to you. And Elohim said to Moses again, You shall say this to the sons of Israel, Yahweh, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is how I should be remembered from generation to generation. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11 from the Hebraic Roots Bible. For this reason also, Yahweh highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name, that at the name of Yeshua, Every knee should bow of these in heaven and these on earth and these under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Yeshua Messiah is Yahweh, the Son, to the glory of Yahweh, his Father. Hallelujah. Bro Daniel, if you could go ahead and prepare uh, uh, Sacred Scripture Step 3, uh, and we'll go ahead and have you read through that, and then J-Star, if you could do... Sacred Scripture Step 4, uh, that would be great, and we're going to go into uh, our, our topic after that. So uh, start with Sacred Scripture Step 3 by Daniel, and then Jamie, you can follow right on in with Sacred Scripture Step 4. Thank you.
Did I get booted off? I can't hear anybody. Hello? Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I'm back. Okay. I think someone's reading. Go ahead, Rock. Okay, can you hear me now? I hear you, but it's not like you want to tune in. And then, Jamie, if you can read Uh, Jamie, did you hear them? Which one am I to read? Step one or? You're three and I'm four. Three, three, three. You read three, I'll read four. Okay. Hallelujah. Transform. Recovery. Sacred step. Three. Surrender my will. Hallelujah. We made an informed decision. Understanding our higher power, I am, our creator, gave us a free will choice. In our past, we've built our own kingdom on sink and sand. We've lived out our own fleshly desires, our own fantasies, walked in sins, followed our own ambitions, served ourselves, and even Satan our enemy, constantly rebelling even as he did against our destiny. Yahweh had plans for us, even before we were birthed in our mother's womb. These were good plans of hope, faith, and love. We made a decision to surrender our will. We made a decision to learn the will of a loving father who created us to become the adopted sons of Yahweh and reign with him in a royal priesthood led by the king of kings, Yeshua, the Messiah, Savior, and brother, our friend, our redeemer. Yahweh's only begotten son, this Savior, was sent to save us from ourselves, giving us an opportunity for repentance an opportunity to change, accepting the perfect blood sacrifice of the perfect lamb slain in payment for our sins through an act of unimaginable, undeserved forgiveness. Yeshua, the Messiah, was crucified on an olive tree approximately 2,000 years ago, showing us by example that we too could die to self and become born again. We've decided we will now crucify the old man and become the new creation, the one that he has always wanted us to be from the beginning of our first breath of life, even as he breathed life into us. Luke 9, 23. HRB, and he said to all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his torture stake daily 
and let him follow me by Yeshua Messiah. Repent means to change direction. Repent means to turn over your life. Matthew 4, 17 through 22, HRB, 17. From that time, Yeshua began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has drawn near. And walking beside the Sea of Galilee, Yeshua saw two brothers, Simon, being called Peter, his brother, Andrew, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he says to them, come after me, and I will make you fishers of the sons of men. And leaving the nets, they immediately followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, Jacob, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them, and at once, leaving the boat and their father, they followed him, sons of Elohim, sons of Yah, sons of Yahweh. John 1, 12 14. But as many as received him, to them he gave authority to become sons of Elohim, to the ones believing into his name, those who neither by blood nor by the will of the flesh nor by the will of man, of a man, rather were begotten by Elohim. And the word became flesh and tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of any, as an only begotten one from the Father, full of grace and of truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Step four, part one. Transformed Recovery, Sacred Scripture, Step 4, Examination, Part 1. Our Step 4 and Step 2, Foundation, must be established according to spiritual principles as expressed through the Rahaka Spirit of Yahweh, as recorded in His the holy writings, uh, we must bring ourselves to the place and point of evaluation. We must evaluate ourselves according to his principles. We must not trust ourselves. Rather, we must trust the scriptures. How, H-O-W, According to the anonymous 12 steps, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness, H-O-W, are spiritual principles which we cannot live without. Therefore, you'll see that each time the term how is mentioned, it is capitalized to serve a reminder of how important it is to be thinking, reading, listening, watching, observing, and evaluating truth with an honest, open-minded, and willing disposition. How can one properly measure oneself without 
first having a measuring stick. The measuring stick of every man can only be set forth by the Creator, or Elohim. Our Yahweh can set forth that which is called truth. This is the only true meaning stuck by which a man measuring stick by which a man can measure his life is is according to truth found in the sacred scriptures. How can any man ever really fully comprehend or understand what to examine if we don't have an examination manual? What greater manual for a man's life is there other than the Word, which is Yahweh with us, or Emmanuel, who came in the manifestation of Yeshua as the perfect example of a perfect man? Why we examine. We carefully, thoroughly, and painstakingly examine each aspect of each sacred scripture step and each power principle we wrote down that thoughts and intents of the heart. We became Yah, oh, we welcome Yah to examine our past our presence, our hearts, and our minds. We carefully wrote down each aspect of ourselves and subjected it to Holy Scripture to move up our thoughts and ask for his discernment and his righteous judgment of our personality, character, and disposition. 1 Corinthians 11, 31 through 32, Hebraic Roots Bible. For if we discern ourselves, we would not be judged. But being judged, we are corrected by the Master, that we not be condemned with the world. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. So today the subject is going to be exactly that. Uh, we're going to deal with one of the number one things that the enemy of our soul, Hasatan, uses against us, and that is to get us all wrapped up in fears. And he literally stops us dead in our tracks from achieving and being and doing the things that we're called to do, the things that are the purpose of our life, uh, because he, he locks us up in this prison and uh, we fall for it. We fall for the trick, the deceit, the deception that we should be afraid of something when in reality all we have to do is do the opposite of fear, which is faith. And if we have faith and we face those fears with faith, we can do amazing things with our lives. A lot of people don't go down the path of, of uh, employment uh, or career uh, or the dreams that they have because they're afraid to fail. In some cases, people are afraid to succeed. So it's, it's a double-edged sword uh, on how it's used against us. It's all a matter of where we're at as people and uh, which way that we're going to kind of respond to the, to the attacks as they come in the spirit realm. We go through a list. Uh, are the fears that actually still grip you? Maybe they used to grip you. Maybe you've already overcome them because you've faced them with faith. Uh, I remember when Sandy and I first got together, uh, she was afraid of heights, but she faced that fear. And uh, we actually went hiking on the top of the mountain. And we took a sky tram, hanging by a wire, going up this mountain. And of course, I scared everybody in the in the uh, little little box that we were in on that wire, and just you know told everybody, wouldn't it be something if all of a sudden the cords uh, thing would start to 
to a break, and <laughs> everybody was freaking out. And <laughs> so, because I've never been afraid of heights. You know, I used to climb silos when I was a kid uh, at the farms that I worked at, and I thought it was fun, you know. And uh, I always loved to go up hills. I loved to go up mountains. And um, so it's never been a fear for me. But let's talk about these fears because these fears a lot of times uh, are the things that really can slow us down and stop us from uh, what we're supposed to do with our lives. So I got a list of uh, fears and phobias here. Uh, the first is the uh, fear of heights, which I mentioned already. Uh, these are uh, the acrophobias. So the fear of heights is an acrophobia, the fear of flying, the fear of spiders, the fear of thunder, the fear of lightning, uh, fear of being alone, fear of being confined in a crowded space, the uh, fear of uh, blood. Some people are afraid of blood. Uh, the fear of water, the fear of snakes, the fear of animals. Uh, and, you know, and then there's a whole list of more uh, unique phobias. I already mentioned... Uh, the fear of success, and the fear of failure. So some people never try because they're just afraid to try, you know, and therefore they don't step out and they don't do what they could or should do because they're just afraid. And that's really sad. But these uh, unique phobias tend to be very specific and uh, some... Uh, so much that they may only affect a handful of people at a time, but uh, these are some more specific ones. <laughs> uh, uh, they're kind of funny, actually, to me, because I, I really don't think I'm afraid of too much anymore. I really believe I've overcome fear, although I've had a lot of fears throughout my life, but I really feel like Yah has delivered me from fear, uh, and I, I just fear no evil at all. So the fear of chickens, <laughs> the fear of names, the fear of beards, the fear of clouds, the fear of ice, the fear of cold. And then they got just an amazing list here that I pulled together through some of my research. Darkness, fear of heights, fear of flying, fear of pain, fear of uh, chickens, uh, fear of public crowds, fear of needles or pointed objects, uh, fear of riding, uh, fear of men, fear of uh, flowers, fear of people, fear of being uh, touched, fear of society, uh, fear of choking or being choked uh, or, or, you know, like uh, eating a chicken bone and thinking you're going to choke on it or whatever so you don't ever eat uh, any kind of bones or anything like that. Uh, fear of imp imperfection. Fear of failure, fear of being alone, fear of bacteria, fear of gravity, fear of stairs uh, or steep slopes, fear of amphibians, fear of books, fear of plants, fear of ugliness, fear of being ridiculed, fear of mirrors, fear of snow, fear of colors, fear of clocks, fear of confined spaces, fear of clowns, fear of computers, fear of dogs. Fear of trees, fear of dentists, fear of houses, fear of accidents, fear of the home, fear of cats, fear of insects, fear of teenagers, 
fear of horses, fear of uh, fear of uh, marriage. Some people are afraid of marriage. Uh, fear of knees, fear of public speaking, fear of women, fear of the sun, fear of blood, fear of reptiles, fear of water, fear of illness, fear of doctors, fear of insects, fear of rooms full of people, fear of the color white, fear of tornadoes and hurricanes, fear of childbirth, fear of cooking, fear of large things, fear of color black, fear of small animals, uh, fear of small things, fear of dirt, fear of germs, fear of death, fear of dead things, fear of the night, fear of hospitals, fear of the dark, fear of gaining weight, fear of the figure eight, fear of rain, fear of snakes, fear of birds, fear of paper, fear of diseases, Fear of children, fear of love, fear of phobias, fear of feet, fear of beards, fear of color purple, fear of ferns, fear of flying, fear of fire, fear of Halloween, fear of school, fear of the moon, fear of social evaluation, fear of sleep, fear of speed, fear of technology, fear of thunder, fear of needles, fear of injections, Fear of beautiful women, fear of, fear of germs, fear of witches, fear of witchcraft. That was on here too, fear of ugliness, isn't that something? Uh, fear of strangers and fear of animals. So we have all these phobias, we have all these fears, and we talk about examination and looking at, you know, why do we have this mental health system that is wanting to give a drug for every kind of, fear that someone's had, oh, I have anxiety, oh, I have stress, oh, I have all these different things, and then we think we've got to run to a doctor to get a pill that's going to fix it. The Rolling Stones wrote a tune back in the, in the 60s about uh, that little pill, right? And uh, that, that, that pill's going to help you, but uh, we know that it really doesn't, and that song that the Stones was singing was really not a positive song or, or a righteous song in any means. Uh, and, and that kind of poetry uh, has been promoted, unfortunately, by many rock and roll artists as a solution, and we see how many of them have died over the years, from Marilyn Monroe to, to you name it, who died of pill overdoses, Michael Jackson, uh, Elvis Presley, you know, and uh, they got their drugs from a doctor. So we, we look so much at the heroin addict or the, the skid row bum and we think about them as being the drug addicts. We think of them, when we think of a drug addict, we think of this person that's down and out, that's in the gutter at skid row. But the reality of it is a lot, a lot of people today are addicted to drugs because a doctor prescribed them those drugs. And those drugs are probably more powerful than a lot of the street drugs that people are taking. So we really need to to open our eyes and look at the fact that it's real easy to manipulate a psychiatrist nowadays and say, oh, I have all this stress, oh, I have all this anxiety, oh, I'm, I'm so fearful of this, I'm so fearful of that, and I'm just so stressed out about it, I really need something, doctor, and the next thing you know, he's writing a script for some more Valium or whatever it might be. So we really have had 
uh, a major, major problem go on uh, where people are not facing life on life's terms. They're not facing fears. And, and the whole thing is, is to face a fear, you've got to have faith. And that's where your relationship with a Heavenly Father comes in because the faith that you need to put your trust in is Him. He's the one that's going to help you through that. So I'd really like you guys to all write down, like I say, every fear that, out of that list that, that you've kind of had in the past and maybe you've overcome it and uh, you can kind of share on that. My biggest fear was I was always afraid I was going to get arrested. That was my biggest thing. You know, I was like thinking I was going to get busted from the time I was young and I got arrested 17 times as a minor before I turned 18 years old. So I was constantly getting arrested and have my dad have to come get me at the cop shop. And it was just very uncool. And I really, really, when I became an adult and I got arrested for the first time for hitting a cop, uh, I had a lot of drugs on me and I thought that I was going to go down that night. But fortunately, the reason that the cop came there in the first place was because another guy stole my drugs and I was at his house banging on his door at four in the morning to get my drugs because he freaked out because we were tripping on acid, and he left me sitting in Sheboygan and drove back to Plymouth, and it was just a bad scene. So I ended up getting arrested for the first time, having my name in the newspaper, because now I'm 18 years old. Now I'm an adult. So that fear of being arrested stayed with me. And since I've been clean, i got to say, I was 20 years clean, and I was still afraid when I'd see cherries in the, in the rearview mirror if I saw a police officer... Uh, coming close to me, it took a long time, probably until I was about 22, 23, 24 years clean, before that fear of being arrested actually went away. So I'm trying to talk to you today to say, let's go ahead and put a game plan together in your life on how you can overcome these fears, whatever they might be, quickly. Because you don't want to be in that bondage. You don't want to be trapped in those fears for the rest of your life. It's a horrible place to be. It's a bondage that you don't need. It's a decision that you are making to stay in fear. And you don't have to stay in that fear. That's the message of hope that I want to give you is I'm not afraid of police officers anymore. I'm not afraid of, uh, to go into a police station. I'm not afraid to be pulled over by an officer. I'm not, I'm not afraid anymore of that. And I faced that fear, but there's been many other fears as well. Uh, a big one that I used to stress over was I had fears about finances, and I don't know that that one was in the list. I can't remember. But money used to make me very, very uptight. I'd get very, very uh, worried. And that's the other thing that usually comes is there's another defect that will come with it. I already mentioned anxiety. I mentioned stress. But another one is worry. And we know that the Messiah Yeshua said, have no thought for the morrow, for the morrow is sufficient for the day therein. So we're not supposed to worry. He tells us right out, we're supposed to be faithful. We're supposed to know that whatever the problems are for tomorrow, don't worry about it. You've got to live today, one day at a time. You've got to stay in today and be in the moment and do the best that you can be with the moment that you have that's right in front of you because tomorrow is not promised. You don't even know you're going to be sucking air tomorrow. You could be at six feet under uh, at any time. So live in the moment, live in the now is a good way to, to overcome the worries. You don't get so worried and so stressed out if you're really living in the moment and you're just trying to bring in the shalom, bringing in a peace into your life to say, you know what, I'm going to bring Yeshua in because he's supposed to be the peace that passes all understanding. 
So if I got a good relationship with him, I'm going to stay at peace. I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm going to cast my, all my cares upon him. I'm going to cast my finances upon him. I'm going to cast all my fears upon him. And all of a sudden, I feel great. And you know what? That is an awesome relief to not worry about things anymore. I think it freaks Sandy out sometimes. She doesn't know how to deal with me. Like, why don't you worry about stuff, you know? And I really try very hard not to, um, but it doesn't seem normal, you know? It doesn't seem normal to not worry uh, for the normal person. So I, I, I don't know. We were called normal by the new place that we moved to here. Uh, I don't know how we ever got classified to be normal, Sandy, but we're the normal people now, and I don't know how that happened. But uh, we look at ourselves as pretty abnormal, to be honest, pretty peculiar uh, compared to what normal is if there is such a thing. So, so anyway, that, that being said, uh, I just uh, hope that you guys have jotted some, some notes down and you've prepared yourself to share. And I specifically wanted Sammy to be able to, to get her, her mind around all of this. And we haven't really opened it up for Sammy as a new person to the, the Transformed Recovery uh, program itself or, or a system of, of going through and understanding the scriptures and et cetera, uh, the way that we look at things. Um, but identification of those things on the being clean, what does it really mean list is huge because there's a lot of other addictions besides just, you know, doing drugs. There's, there's many, many addictions. And some of those addictions have people very, very, very sick uh, in a lot of other ways. They don't have to ever go to a bar. They don't ever have to, you know, uh, smoke weed. They don't ever have to, you know, uh, do a lot of different uh, types of, of drugs like cocaine or heroin or anything, and they can still be very, very sick inside because they're wrapped up in uh, the addictions that they have. So, uh, you know, sexual addiction can be a very, very horrific thing. Uh, codependency can be a very horrific thing. Um, so looking at all these things, examining all these things, and seeing how the fears wrap into all of that. I just wanted to open it up for Sammy to be able to share first today and uh, see if she uh, had any questions of us also because everybody that's on the line has been clean, at least the ones that are on this call today, at least seven years uh, clean and abstinent from all uh, mind or mood altering drugs. So, uh, and Sammy I don't really believe is on and, and involved in the program because of her drug usage, I think, uh, and I don't know, I could be wrong, maybe you did part of that, but you know, a lot with us. I think your, your situation's probably, I'm guessing, more like the codependency with your daughter and, and things mm -hmm. like that, and uh, a lot of abuse that you went through, which, you know, Transform can definitely help break those strongholds that we talk about, the uh, patterns of thinking that are in those strongholds, the... Um, the various different aspects of Sacred Scripture Step 1 as it was read today. Uh, but uh, I'll just uh, let you kind of take it from there, Sammy. Hey, thanks, Rev. Um, Rev. <laughs> um, I, um, you know, I um, went through some horrific abuse growing up, and um, I... Um, 
I didn't know for years um, that until someone said, well, you probably had anxiety and panic forever. And, and like you said, don't give it a name, you know, and I'm learning that, that the psych world likes to do that and label us. And, um, and um, so um, I have, uh, yeah, codependency um, with my daughter and, um, and, um, but, uh, I have, uh, what I'm been praying very hard about and more so now than ever before, um, agoraphobia, fear of crowds and people and, um, there's times in my past that uh, I could close myself up in a place for 30 days and not go outside and I was okay with that but um, um, an aquaphobia fear of water but the agoraphobia is um, um, I really started um, healing and learning a lot about my stuff when I um, um, started teaching um, and uh, um, I was a teacher of uh, employability and life skills and uh, you spoke this morning about your positive you know affirmations and self positive self-talk but um, for me um, fear grips me grips my being and people say how have you been able to teach and teach at the jails and 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 now you're on the air how do you, I don't know by the grace of God why but um, somehow you know it's like turning on a light switch you know you're on you're on and I don't mean and I'm not saying I'm fake I don't mean it that way but just you're just you just do it and uh, but uh, I have moments where it grips me and I uh, I can't uh, um, I uh, stopped working and um, uh, but uh, you know um, uh, Rev Rock and CN they're really helping me a lot and uh, helping me to you know I, I know about labels and you know, taught all of this for years about fear is false evidence appearing real. But, you know, um, I've cried out, you know, Yahweh help me, you know, just, and uh, I'm, 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 I'm whipping it though. <laughs> I'm here tonight and um, so, um, it um I'm what what you're saying to me, Rev, about um you know, don't don't let them put that name on you. Don't you know, anxiety and panic disorder and um you got agoraphobia and you've got PTSD and you've got this and you know. Um I've 
some good pride of being an overcomer, and um, but this is the one thing that just grips my soul. I mean, just in me that moments where I can't breathe. You know, the panic. I've gone to the hospital with panic attacks, but not lately. But uh, um, so um, here I am. <laughs> you know, and. Um, I'm just so grateful that you have pushed me, you've moved me forward, and you met me back in November, and you gave me a platform to be able to share my story. And um, I am, um, I don't want to live like that anymore. So, thank you. Hallelujah. Sammy, I just want to give you some hope that every one of those fears, you can find the faith and all the tools necessary. They're all available to you to overcome that. And it's a process. Um, but the first thing is to be able to talk about it and to open up and to identify it. Because you can't fix what you don't know is broken. So yeah. if you know something broken inside you and, and fears gripped you so bad that uh, anxiety that you had to rush to the hospital to, to ask for help, that's pretty mm -hmm. bad. That's, you know, definitely, I would say, at a chronic place uh, of desperation. So you're in the right place with the right people. And Hallelujah. You're going to hear Jamie share. You know, they locked up Jamie in a mental institution uh, many years ago. They locked me up in a mental institution many years me ago. I, uh, they locked Sandy up in a mental institution many years ago. Wow. I'm not sure what you do, but... Every one of us, they thought we were nuts, but we were just addicts. We were people that had addiction problems, and everybody that understands addiction knows that there's problems underneath the addiction. The using is just what comes out. It's the hurt mm -hmm. that happens usually through our life as children, and it really, really grips us. And uh, how, you know, to be able to position our, to get feed from kind of a, uh, a solution because they think that mental health systems are, are helping people, but we know by fact that every one of us that I just mentioned that's been in a mental institution, those places never helped us at all. All they wanted to do was give us drugs. And in fact, every minister that we have ever had that has been a part of Love Ministry and our ministry team, everyone was told by a psychiatrist, you'll be on drugs for the rest of your life. You're going to need it because you got bipolar. That we've all been told we either manic depressive or bipolar. I was told that. Sandy was told that. We've all been labeled by this mm -hmm. by psychiatrists. Not one of us takes any anti. Hallelujah! I'm sorry. I'm back. Not any of us takes any that kind of medications or anything. So what have we proven? We've proven these systematic mental institution doctors as being liars who. Uh, full of crap. All they want to do is sell drugs, and they want to stay, you know, or stay or get wealthy by being legal drug dealers. And uh, screw that, you know. I don't, I don't want that in my life, you know. So I uh, am so grateful that I'm not uh, on prescription drugs of any kind, and have not been at all for the entire uh, 32 years. I've never had to do any of that, but I was, when I was a teenager, real good at stealing it out of medicine cabinets. So I got mm -hmm. to try the Xanax that my mom, who was living in a mental institution, had to take. 
and I got to see what a Xanax and a beer would do to you. And I'll tell you, it doesn't take too many beers along with a Xanax to be out of your mind crazy. And uh, so why would they give you a drug that makes you crazy? I, that's, that's really I don't Because I look at some people. I'll tell you to get me paranoid. No, um, I, I did cocaine. I did all, uh, all of it, you know, and I, I can say that I'm free of all of uh, I'm I'm not under uh, uh, care with uh, taking any um, anything uh, psychiatric or you know, anything like that. And yeah, that's good. But it's for my grandchildren, for my daughter, so um, so. That's good. Yeah, because uh, your chances of winning in court if you were under psychiatric care is not real good for the grand grandmother yeah. that you're doing. Either. Gaga. I get it. All right, well, who'd like to go next? Uh, Mr. Cotton, Mr. J-Star, or Mrs. J-Star, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Dean Cook, uh, maybe, or Lori, who's been totally beat up by the psychiatric system in her life, I think. I think it's the same thing to say, Lori, and this is this really sucks and it pisses me off to be honest with you. Is your life has been stolen by psychiatrists and I think it sucks, Lori, that you're in that position. It's just horrible. Somebody? <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. And so I can. I could for a while. All kinds of sounds I was getting. <laughs> okay, go uh, ahead, Daniel. Uh, my phone is going back and forth from the car to the phone. I'm on my way to pick up my wife, but can y'all still hear me? Yeah, you're good, Daniel. I don't know how this is happening, but it's going back and forth from my car to my phone. Hello? problem with my Uconnect. It, it does not, it goes back and forth from uh, my Bluetooth to the, to the, to the car. So uh, just the best thing is just shut the Bluetooth off and talk to your phone when it does that. Do you want to go in the meantime, Jamie? Hallelujah. Yeah, Lori and Dean just want to listen. So um, I don't know. I'm remembering the fears that I've been through. And it's always been the same solution. It's a, I just have to cling to him. I, I just run to the rock of my salvation. Um Oh, when I was in the auto wreck, I was the driver, and my brother um, had to have nailing of his tibia bone, and um, the other people weren't hurt so bad. Um, I had an experience of when we were rolling down the cliff, 
um, I saw like a tornado whirl thing and a wooden door and I visioned the wooden door and I took the handle and opened it and then I was out of the van and the van was rolling at me, barely missed me. Um, It was rocking. I could see it rocking, but it landed without hitting me. And um, I called upon, of course, then I only knew the name as Jesus, so I called out his name, but I was able to connect with him. Uh, Then after that, for a couple years, I couldn't move my... um, one, my left arm, was it? No, I, it was my right arm. And uh, I went to chiropractors and all kinds of stuff. But um, um, the, the time came that uh, something snapped in my arm, and after that it started to, it could move it mobile more and more, and it was okay. But... Um, I got uh, right after my brother went through a series of surgeries for actually a couple years, and he did a they did a nailing of the tibia on that, and I was the fear I faced. I didn't even want to be in a vehicle, and um, even as a passenger, and then um, I just forced myself and did it, and pretty soon it, I was all okay and driving again, um, always having my Messiah with me, knowing that my Savior fears. And uh, then a big one for me happened before that accident. And I was living in a country home, and my kids were little, and my brother lived above in an apartment in a house. I had the lower, and he had the upper. And um, I went on a, at church, they were talking about, well, marriage and divorce, and I was questioning him my higher power, my Yahweh, if I could could get married again. I was thinking I just couldn't. I had to not have that part of life. And um, um, I went on a fast for two reasons. It was for the about if I could ever marry again. And the second thing was I had a fear of the Father. I had accepted Yeshua as my friend in all my childhood. He was with me. And and um, then I went, you know, through a stage of thinking I did the unforgivable sin. Then when I was in treatment... Uh, all that time I knew he was and was real, but I thought I had to go to hell, but I still didn't want nobody else to. So there was a relationship, yet he was with me 
through my drinking and through everything that I went through. He was there. And then um, I, um, I came to, for being church when I moved with my grandma back when I was 12, 13 and went to that, um, went to her church, and I kept hearing all these things that made me afraid of Yah the Father. I, you know, they pretty much separated Father, Son, Rehakadesh, although they knew they were one. It was a strange teaching. I I never really followed that. But um, I uh, needed to be able to talk to my father, too. And so I went on a fast. And in that fast, um, about, I believe I made it to the seventh day. I was drinking water, and I was drinking white wine juice and nothing else on that fast. And and, um, I had a vision of a, a big ballroom and dancing and there was crowds of people all in white <laughs> and I um, saw Yeshua dancing with someone and I seen him come and ask, invited me for a dance and he and I danced and then I went um He took me before the throne to the Father, and he introduced me to the Father. So that I, and I lost my fear. So I needed to go through that all my life. He put me through what I needed to, to, um, to accept what I needed to and to get out of my fears and to change. He's, um, it's neat relationship. My best relationship all my life was with me when I rejected his salvation. He still didn't leave me. That's a that was a real. Um, don't know how I took that lie in, but anyhow. It was all corrected, and I still today sometimes deal with fears, fears like when they would say to me, there's, no go- there's not going to be any more, um, any more um, food stamps, but I decided I'm not dependent on food stamps that Yah will provide what I need. And then they, there was talk about um, Social Security being, um, you know, cut out. But I know that I'm willing to work if he gives me something to do. And if I have to do something, you know, I will. So I just... Pray in tongues. I do that when I don't know what to pray. And then he brings to my heart and mind solutions. 
So that's how I face fears. Um, I have a little talk with Yeshua. <laughs> Come, let us have a little talk with Yeshua. Tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry, and he will answer by and by. Oh, when you feel a little prayer will turning, you know a little fire is burning. Let us have a little talk with G- with Yeshua. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, he just keeps my heart young. And my experiences, sometimes fiery, turns into fun. So I love everybody in no past. Hallelujah. That was beautiful. Thanks, God. Thanks to Father for that. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, I'm in and out because it's popping back and forth from the car to the phone. So I can't tell which one I'm on. I'm having technical difficulties with technology here. <laughs> so, but I'm on my way picking up my wife now, and I got all type of stuff going on on the dashboard of the car, and I think it's got uh, Google Maps or something. But anyway, uh, just before I, my wife get in the car and um, I get to another disconnection, uh, was anybody else going, or did, was it okay for me to go? You're good. Okay. Well, praise you I'm, I'm I'm thankful because last week we was talking about backsliding, and I was at a backsliding stage in my life when we was talking about backsliding, and I noticed my flesh striving to overtake my spirit man and to continue battle, um, like Romans seven and fourteen talk about the battle with sin, and continually knowing that I need to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So the Spirit of Yahweh came upon me in a strong way with some prayer, some repentance, and some fasting. And, I mean, and through the uh, last few Can you guys hear me? I can hear you, but I can't hear Daniel. Yeah, he I must hear have you. Okay, good. He must have dropped. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, have Sam jump in uh, while Daniel's coming back. Hope he's back. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, I was talking about the last couple of weeks as. Uh, Falling into a backslidden stage, still going in and out the doors of the house of the Father, but still being in a backslidden stage. And that's what I felt like last week, and that's so happy. And that's what we was covering last week, backsliding. Then this week, covering phobias. And uh, as I went through, uh, going through classes, whatnot, I don't know if I talked about it last week, but I ended up going past my classroom and walking to my class and, um, Phobia I had was a phobia, felt like I had claustrophobia because I don't like being in small areas and enclosed areas, back seats of two-door cars. Felt like I have anxiety attacks when that takes place. 
Uh, and then now I'm um, noticing that the phobia of needles and phobia of, of operations and surgeries in the hospitals because I know I need at 50, um, you know, they talk about minority men being diagnosed with colon cancers and that nature. And I had an enlarged prostate and just needing to do my routine checkups and my um, colon colonostomy and always just been in fear, letting fear keep me from going, fear of the unknown, letting fear just hit me with, The sound of silence. Hi, this is Sand. I'm an overcomer. Um, I don't know. Fear of heights is really, I mean, that's pretty normal fear. And and I still don't like heights. I prefer not to. Uh, when I do have nightmares, that's usually what they're about. But uh, I don't think a fear of heights is really going to be a, the type of fear that's going to, you know, keep me from being successful or keep me from, you know, being a member, a productive member of society or anything like that. It's not a debilitating type of fear. Um, but I would say more so is uh, the fear of public speaking, getting in front of crowds. I've I had where... I think that's one thing I really, you know, enjoyed about alcohol and and uh, drugs is that I felt like I fit in, and it's hard sometimes to you know meet new people and 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 kind of go in, into a small group or a group of people and and feel comfortable. I don't feel real comfortable in those types of settings. I don't know anybody. And even if I do know them, I'm definitely more apt to, you know, just want to talk to a single person rather than tell a story to a whole group of people or a crowd of people. I, I just am not very comfortable with that. And I know, you know, fear of, fear of uh, public speaking is, I think, number one and even more uh, prominent than fear of death is. And uh, I could agree with that because death, I'm not really afraid to die because I already know that I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to get to live in eternity with my Savior. So that doesn't scare me, although, you know, maybe the way I might go is kind of a scary thought, but I don't walk at it. I don't really, you know, consume my mind with it. Um uh, you know, so I guess I probably do have a fear of failure, and that probably has hold, held me back in the past from trying things. Uh, you know, I guess it's a lot easier for me to do things that I know that I'm good at than to try something new that I might screw up, up at or look stupid doing or, you know, look foolish. I don't like to, you know, I don't want to look foolish. I suppose no one does, but people are willing to take that risk, and I'm not one of those people. I don't 
want to take those type of risks. And uh, again, is it debilitating? It may, it, you know, it may prevent me from, you know, finding something new to do or something that I might find that I enjoy. Um, but the the main thing is, you know, I have conquered some fears. I mean, I very much was very reliant upon, you know, my employment and and having that comfortableness of a, a paycheck every week. And, and uh, so I grew accustomed to that. And I really was probably, you know, standing on my my own, um, even though I did thank Gally for my, my employment and all that, I was still kind of doing things in my flesh, you know, like I was doing it. And uh, I think, you know, taking time off work and traveling and uh, while having to walk by faith, there are times that we really didn't have you know, we didn't have gas for the car, and then someone would give us gas at a gas station, or we didn't have really any money for food, and someone would buy us a meal. And I mean, just there's were so many small little miracles on a daily basis throughout this journey. Um, just him guiding us and leading us where we should go, and the people that we met, and all those things. You know, just know. I've learned a trust that I've never known before. And I know I can trust him. He is trustworthy. He loves me more than anybody possibly could. And he, he is always there. And I trust his word. I believe in his word. I believe what it says. And, uh, you know, so in following his instructions about not worrying about tomorrow, is uh you know it's not always that easy to do, but just like in you know the in, in the program, it's one day at a time, and it's just for today, and it's you know have no thought for tomorrow. It's today. All I have is today, and I'm not promised tomorrow. And uh, so, you know, I really do need to to walk in that. I think to have the best life possible. Uh, you know, it's just too much to be thinking about what's coming up ahead. I mean, yes, making plans is one thing, but being consumed with it and finding that right balance is is uh, what's key, I think. You know, everything in moderation, balance in everything. Um, so, I don't know. I think that's all I got. I'll pass. Back to Mr. Cotton. Hallelujah. Can you hear me better now? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, my car is in and out of my car. I don't know how this is happening. But anyway, real quick, I was just saying I'm thankful to the Father for being delivered from phobias of claustrophobia, phobias of being scared of being arrested by police, as Rock was talking about earlier, some years, people, police get behind me, I get nervous, I want to turn off, and 
look in my rearview mirror, and everybody like, what you scared of? And I'm like, nah, I don't know. He just picked me up several times before, but something I didn't do. So, but I got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost now, so I ain't got to feel that no more. And if they had a Peter situation and wanted to lock me up like they locked up Peter, then I got a mission that the Father got in store for me. So I got to be thankful for the Father preparing me for his will being done. And then the phobia of hospitals and uh, getting colon colonostomies and whatnot. So that's what my wife and I have been talking about lately, being checked for different things. And I had a fear of going to get checked out at the age of 50. So it's just things that the Father has been saying to have no fear. For he don't give us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind. And, you know... So I'm thankful for deliverance today and strongholds and soul ties that I had been dealing with. Like I was saying back before, backslide, not backslide into land with another woman, but just being. In what you've done with your life thus far, is it giving you what you want? Is it giving you what you want? When you look toward the future, when you look at all that's going on out here, is there some place within yourself you say, hey, I know I need to be out there in that arena. I know I can do more than what I've been doing. I know there's some great music that I have within me that I haven't brought out here yet. Is that something that you begin to look at within yourself? See, I say if you look at your life, and if, and if you're not getting what you want, you owe it to yourself to do something differently. You owe, if you own a job, 85%, they say, of Americans go to jobs, but they're unhappy. If you're doing something eight hours a day that you don't like, it's not giving you what you want, it's not giving you a strong feeling of satisfaction and fulfillment, you're miserable, you hate to go there, you're depressed just thinking about it, you sing the, thank God it's Friday song every week, if that's what it is, you owe it to yourself to start strategically working to change directions. See, but you know what most people will do? Most people will resist change. Most people will fight change as if change would be worse than what they're experiencing. See, they know this. They're familiar with this. Most people will not challenge the unknown. They won't just step out there. See, they... Well... See, there are certain things that's got to be in place. They've got to see it all together. And life isn't like that. That's not how you grow. So as you look at your life, you're saying, I'm not getting what I want. As you begin to look toward the future, begin to know that whatever it takes for you to create that, you've got that in you. You've got that. You've got genius in you. You've got goodness in you. You've got creativeness in you. If you decide to take the initiative to change the current quality of your life, I say to you that you will find that the universe is on your side, that life is on your side. Now, will it be turbulent? Yes. Will it be easy? No, no. Will you have some opposition? Yes. Will I make a lot of mistakes? Yes. Will I get hurt? Yes. Yes. See, a lot of people won't try anything different in life because they don't want to get hurt. Let me tell you something. It's too much pain to duck. Pain
pain is everywhere. You can hide under here. It will come where you are. It's everywhere. Victor Frankl calls it unavoidable suffering. You can't duck it. But most people spend their life not wanting to deal with the pain of rejection, the pain of defeat, the pain of being disappointed, the pain of losing, the pain of failure, the pain of being criticized, the pain of not being liked, the pain, the pain, the pain. That's called life. Life is full of pain. It's everywhere. But guess what? There's no gain without pain. Because it's the pain of regret that you experience. If I had it to do over again, that's a pain. Don't you know that's something? When you know, I was in a seminar once and this lady stood up. If I had my life to live over again, she talked about all of the things that she would do. And you can feel the pain of regret in her voice. The pain of regret. She still experienced pain. She was trying not to experience the pain of defeat, the pain of disappointment, the pain of loss, the pain of lack of support. And she still experienced pain. It was right there. We can't get around it. Most people are governed by their habits, their fears, and the opinions of others. A lot of people never try anything differently because they have been convinced by people in their lives that they value that they can't do it. They're living within the context of the opinions that other people have of them, the low expectations. Many people doubt themselves because when they thought about doing something at some critical point in their lives, somebody they respected and honored, somebody they believed in, somebody that they loved, someone they trusted said, you can't do that. And they accepted that. As you look at your life, ask yourself the question, what would your life be like? What would your life look like if you decided not to care what people thought of you? What would your life be like if you decided to give up some of your fears? What would your life be like if you decided to become courageous? What would your life be like? If you decided to act on your dream, if you did what you felt in your heart, you know what courageous means? Tom Ruskin and Randy Reed said, they said that courage comes from a French word which means of the heart. But how does it feel to you? He says it's courage, you know, it takes courage to, to live. Says most people go through life not allowing themselves to step out because they don't want to let go. They don't want to be blown around. They don't want to be moved. The courage to face life's whirling wind of contradictions. The courage to love yourself. The courage to love. For years, I was afraid to love. The courage to take a chance. The courage to be who you are. He says, courage isn't for somebody else, for medals, applause, or moral debts. Courage is what, at that moment, feels most right for you. Not just situational ethics, but what feels right in your heart. The word of the heart. What feels right in your heart. One great philosopher says, cowards die many times before their deaths. The valiant never taste of death but once.
What does that mean? That valiant people aren't afraid? No, no, no. It means that they experience that fear and they move forward. They move forward anyhow. Many people are dead now. Many people are allowing their dreams to die. Many people are allowing their ideas to lie dormant and collect dust. Many people have all this talent and ability that they are allowing to be buried inside of them that they will take with them to their graves because they didn't have the courage to be who they are. And I say as you begin to look toward the future and manifesting your greatness, it's going to take everything in you, everything in you, that your life deserves the concentrated effort to begin to look at how is it that I can express more of me? How is it that I can bring my ideas out here now? How is it? And start living with a sense of urgency because you're here today. You're gone today. Life is unpredictable. It's uncertain. There are no guarantees. No guarantees out here at all. So holding back, what are you waiting on? Ask yourself, what's the benefit of your waiting? What's the benefit of you're not living your dream? What's the benefit of not listening to yourself? Oh, please, listen to yourself. You know the feelings. If you start listening to the feelings in your heart, and I'm doing it now more every day, I find that my feelings, I can trust them. And I say to you, that as you look toward the future, you look at life on a daily basis, if there's something that you have been given, if you've heard something within yourself that you know that, that what you're doing now doesn't fit for you, it doesn't work for you, it's not giving you what you want, and there's something else that you want to do, don't allow that inner doubt in you to talk you out of it, to build a case on why you can't have it, to tell you why you're not good enough. You ignore that inner voice and all of the external voices. Don't judge the possibilities for what you can do based upon the circumstances. Because the circumstances won't determine who you are. Don't determine what you're able to do based upon your resources. Don't determine what's possible for you based upon where your life is right now. Where your life is right now is not you. That's just what it is right now. But the possibilities for you are unlimited. If you're in a rebuilding process, it's unlimited. If you're coming back from adversity and devastation, it's unlimited of what you can do. That's the capacity of human beings. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. It doesn't matter how many flops you've had. It doesn't matter how much money you've lost. In fact, I see it only as an investment of what you learn from life. Not losses, but investments of what's possible for you. And I say to you that once you start listening to yourself and as you begin to act on your dream, as you start just trying to find your way, doing what you can with what you have, you will start seeing things opening up for you. You'll start attracting people. You say, where'd it come from? Things will start coming together, clicking for you. You say, whoa, you start brainstorming. Ideas will come out of nowhere as you focus on it. The key to it is to begin to focus on what it is you want to do. Why, Les? Why is that important? Because as you focus on that which you want to do, that which we focus on, that which we give our energy to, it will begin to multiply. It will begin to expand. It will begin to develop your consciousness. And out of that comes your greatness. Out of that comes a commitment. Out of that comes a passion for life. Out of that comes a special power that you have in you that you haven't even called on yet. See, the, the powers that we have will never reveal themselves if we don't challenge them. 
if we don't put ourselves in a position where we have to use them. So one of the most important things is reading a book that's a really interesting book called Instant Millionaire, and the guy said, put yourself in a position where you can't retreat, where it's do or die, sink or swim. Here's what you'll find out. You'll develop incredible swimming skills. You'll find yourself stroking unlike you've ever seen before. Through the inspiration of desperation, you'll become more creative than ever before. So what is it? How do we handle that whole piece? Throw your whole self into it. See, most people go at it tentatively. They don't give all their stuff. They don't concentrate. They don't put everything they've got in them. One guy wrote a book called, All You Can Do Is All You Can Do. And all you can do is enough. But he said, make sure you do all you can do. And if we're honest this evening, we know that we haven't done all we can do. So as we look at the future, we can decide that from this day forward, as I look at my personal relationships, if I look at my professional relationships, if I look at my family relationships, if I look at all the dimensions of my life, looking at myself mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, I'm going to do all I can do to develop me, to bring my talent out here, to make a contribution to life. Rappers getting ripped. It's 
was leaving the beating Holy Spirit writes my rhymes So lyrically you can say I'm cheating Authority given by him Conquer and defeating In his name unashamed Romans 1, 16 And uh, the set is straight This lifestyle has no brakes We press forward steps Walk by faith Hey, they say basis without reason Yet the reason people are bleeding Is cause of lives without Jesus uh, You call me blind But I see you don't see the origin of creation Points to intelligent design And unbelievers mock Still I pay him no mind I just pay attention to life The wicked box Let go Breastplate on Helmet on straight Who's laced up We walk by faith Let's go Look, are you ready to take up your cross? Losing your life's not a loss for the king who bled. He restored us to the Father with the blood that he shed. He could have let us and destroy us, let us suffer instead. He took nails in his hands and thorns on his head. The King of Kings, Lord of Lords, he is worthy of praise. Till the day he returns to save us from the ways of this world and the pain on the final days. Where the beast will be unleashed from his cage to feast. Agony in the air, shouts of cries from the mothers. Streets go up in flames, people die and they but you ain't gotta stay behind, you can roll Follow us, we follow Christ He'll make sure you're good to go, let's go Well, hallelujah So, we want to be praying for throughout this week The solutions to come For any fear that's still slowing us down, stopping us Or not allowing us to walk into the realm of possibility, the realm of faith uh, that can move mountains and can allow our dreams to be able to open up and for us to be able to achieve them and have the courage, hallelujah, to be able to achieve those dreams. So let's, uh, let's start to look towards and walk towards those solutions this week. Let's believe for those solutions. Any sliding we've done in the past, that backsliding's done. It's in our past now. It's not in the present, and it won't be in our future. We're going to move forward. We're going to leave the past behind us. It's not who we were that counts, but who we are in him today and where we're going, even more importantly, as we grow and go in him. So hallelujah. This is Transformed Recovery and Deliverance on 3-16-2019, and it's about 9 over on the East Coast. So uh, the meeting's going to end at about 9.07 over there, which is started at 7.07, so about a 120-minute meeting. And I'm grateful uh, that we had a solid 120 minutes of some really, really great uh, principles that were shared today and some things uh, that we talked about, the transparency uh, that was laid out. Appreciate everybody's honesty and, and coming out and sharing a piece of yourself with each other uh, in the love and the fellowship of uh, Transformed Recovery. We are going to close tonight with uh, a section out of, if you want to turn your Bibles, if you have your Hebraic Roots Bibles in front of you, a section in 1 John 4, and we're going to start at 16, 1 John 4, 16, and go to the end of that chapter. And it covers a part in there that says, there is no fear in love. 
So this whole fear that we're talking about, if you are in love or love is in you, if Yahweh is love, which earlier it says, First uh, John 4, 8, earlier in this same chapter, it says Yahweh is love, First John 4, 8. So if Yahweh is love, then where Yahweh exists... Hallelujah. Praise be the Father. Yeah. Fear can't exist where love is, right? So this is going to be really a good thing to close with because we're starting the solution mindset. We're starting to live the scriptures when we buy into this and say, I come in agreement with that. I come in agreement with that. That is what I want to live my life by. But let's start as early as, well, I said 16. I meant to say 15, uh, confessing Yeshua. Let's start with confessing Yeshua. We need to make sure we're confessing Yeshua as the Son. That brings the power in. That brings the faith in. That increases us. Remember that. We have to increase our faith. And the way we do that is coming in agreement with him. And he is the word. He's the living word, the word made flesh. And we want to come in agreement with him. That means we've got to come in agreement with the word. Amen? So let's come in agreement with this. And we're going to uh, pray out. Sam's going to go ahead and read this for us tonight. Hey, Rock, first, can I ask you to do something for me? Can you, you ask me to do something for you? I would be honored to be able to do something for you, sweet lady. But, but um, uh, um, Sammy explained you don't want us to give phone numbers over the line, and that's the only way I can. So if you would give Sammy my number so she could call me. Well, you can give your number over the line because you're actually a hotline person, so... Uh, okay. I know you're, you don't have any fears of anybody stopping in at your place. Uh, right. So <laughs> you've already had some of the biggest criminals in Wisconsin living in your house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you want to put your number out there for Sammy to write it down, she can go ahead and give you a call. That would be great. And I'm out of the loop because I don't like to play secretary for anybody. So. <laughs> okay, it's, it's just kind of... Uh, all week we haven't been able to connect with numbers. So, Sammy, whenever you want, call me. It's area code 608-205-2595. Okay. You got okay. that? I, I didn't catch all of that. Two, okay, area code 608 Got it? That far? Six zero. Two five nine five. You don't jump from six zero eight to two five nine five. There's gotta be three numbers in between. Area code six zero eight two zero five two five nine two five nine five six zero eight two zero five. Nine five. All right, you want to you want to read that back to make sure we got it uh, there, Sammy Star. Six zero eight two zero five two five nine five. Yep. Five nine five. All right. Brad, right. right. can I say something real quick? You can yeah. say something real quick. I'm glad you got excited. 
am. I, I'm oh. bursting. I just can't contain myself. Um, I love it. I want to say um, I uh, I shared Les Brown in my uh, in my workshops and uh, and I used to show uh, a video. This is your decade, and it's my decade, and this is my decade. And he oh. says, someone else's opinion of you does not have to become the reality. So there you are. That's right. That's right. Amen. Uh, yeah, I love Les Brown. That's why I thought he, he that that I one. I know. I mentioned him before, and you played. And I went, wow. Yeah, I have a few of his little clips that we like to put on every once in a while. So. It was very fitting tonight for him to share as, along with everybody. So, hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. And, you know, the, the powerful part about his testimony is he was declared by teachers as being uh, educably mentally retarded. Yes. A uh, little boy. And uh, what a lie. He's like one of the most intelligent guys. Yes, he is. You know, and so. He, he's a DJ, and he comes and he talks. Oh, man, he's. And and this is your decade is a great video. You, you all got to see it because um, he's just an amazing person. Hallelujah. All right. Anybody else? Last call. All right, Sam's gonna read. I don't know if you hear me this time. Can you hear me a little bit better? Yeah, we can hear you, Danny. All right, I'm gonna try one more time, but just be. I'm just thankful. I praise y'all for y'all continuously going forth with Transformed. I tried to get on yesterday morning um, at 7.30 in the morning, but my technology, technical difficulties must have kicked in, so I didn't hear anybody. In the job. So, but it would be, uh, 7 a.m. It would be, uh, for your time zone, uh, Danny, it would be 6.07. It's 407. Oh, yeah, uh, it's 407 for me. The normal mountain time would be 507. The central time zone is always 607. It never changes. It's been this way now. We've kept it at the same time slot for I think we're going on about three years straight. Okay, okay. Seven yeah, days. I work, so I was getting ready for work, so I never got a chance to get on. And now, all of a sudden, I try to get on. I'm like, what is it? Why is nobody on at 7 o'clock? So, uh, it's going to go 6.07 till 7.30, and if it's not on, that means there was a problem uh, somehow with the recording or whatever, or you just had a problem calling in. But, yeah, it should be a 90-minute block of a new, a new, fresh live recording. And then at 7.30, I usually transition right on into another morning praise, prayer, decree, and declare. So one that you might have missed over the last few years, I might replay one of those, and then you're going to hear it again. So it'll seem like it's a fresh morning. The other day I played a morning one from last year, or from two years ago, and Sammy thought that uh, Jerry and Annette had a house fire, and she asked where she could donate stuff to them, and I was like, well, that was two years ago. They've already bought a <laughs> new house since then, and they've got okay. I'll give them all the they've got all the insurance money and everything, so they're pretty blessed right now. But in fact, we were just on the phone with Jerry uh, not too long ago. In fact, I was supposed to tell Sandy uh, to call him. He'd like to ask Sandy some questions, and he wants to send her some stuff in the mail. So 
uh, we need to give him an address. And I forgot about that. That was about a week ago. So um, I'm glad that that was brought up, actually. It just jarred that out of my memory. I was driving, and we were having technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, if, if she said she already talked to him, so maybe I did tell her. But anyway, uh, anybody else? Okay, I love you guys. And Sam's going to close. I'll come in agreement with this word. Whoever confesses that Yeshua is the Son. Let's go ahead and listen to Sam. 1 John chapter 4, starting with verse 15. Whoever confesses that Yeshua is the Son of Yahweh, Elohim abides in him, and he in Elohim. And when we have known and have believed the love which Elohim has in us, Yahweh is love, and the one abiding in love abides in Elohim, and Elohim is in him. By this love has been perfected with us, that we have confidence in the day of judgment that as he is, we are also in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment, and the one fearing has not been perfected in love. We love him because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love Elohim and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one not loving his brother whom he has seen, how is he able to love Yahweh whom he has not seen? And we have this commandment from him that he who loves Elohim ought to also love his brother. Transform Recovery Deliverance on 3-16-2019. This is Love Broke Through. Toby Mac.
I'd like to welcome everybody tonight to the open meeting to the public of Transformed Recovery and Deliverance. I'm Rev Rock and I'm a Yajay for Yahweh and I'm also uh, clean and serene and happy to be free and he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Uh, we'll go around and introduce ourselves after we have an opening prayer that the uh, Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh is invited into this meeting and that he takes over and has uh, complete control and leads the meeting. Um, Jamie, could you open the meeting uh, in prayer, please? Yahweh, we come before you with thanksgiving. We thank you that you give to us Rahakadesh, and that we, this time is set aside for you, and we welcome Rahakadesh to take over and um, direct every word that comes across these lines in this um, time of transformation um, set aside so that we can become more and more um, like Yahweh and walk with um, our Father and please Him as we learn how to change. We thank you for the opportunity to be transformed and renewed, and we rejoice in you always again. 
we rejoice in this meeting and this time and say, Hakadesh, take over. Amen. Amen. And uh, we'll go around and introduce ourselves. Unlike uh, normal 12-step fellowship introductions where people introduce themselves as addicts or as alcoholics, we don't introduce ourselves that way in transformed recovery because we don't want to speak death upon our life. So we introduce ourselves instead as uh, believers, followers of the way, uh, free. Uh, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Uh, overcomers by the blood of Yeshua, however you want to introduce yourself, that anything positive, you should introduce yourself as a child of the king or something, a daughter of the king, you know, uh, something positive, not speaking that you're an alcoholic, not speaking that you're an addict, uh, that's something you were, and in our literature it says that's what you were, and some of us were these things, and we will read that as we go through our literature, but when we come into relationship with him, uh, we are no longer the old come brand new. So let's uh, go ahead and share who we are as we introduce ourselves tonight. Again, I'm Rock, and he who the sun sets free is free indeed, and I am free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is Dean and Jamie. Do you want to say something, Dean? So I say on our behalf that we are his children and um, we are blessed and highly favored and we are submitted to his plan for this evening. Pass. Hi, this is Sandy. I am a child of the King and an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. Hi, I'm Bill, and I'm a child of Yahweh. Welcome, everybody. We're grateful to have uh, you all with us tonight, and uh, anyone else that would be listening in on Love Live Rock Reality Radio, seeing this is a public broadcast. Uh, you can go to www.liveradio.love and anywhere around the world, uh, through the World Wide Web, on the Internet, you should be able to tune in and hear how we overcome, how we are able to outreach unto the nations on the solutions biblically to overcoming heroin addiction, overcoming uh, alcohol addiction, overcoming gambling addiction, overcoming sexual addictions. Uh, the list is endless. Uh, as any man can think of. And we overcome not just these types of addictions, but in this fellowship, we overcome sins. Uh, and we, we stop sinning. And we listen and we're obedient to the mandate by Yeshua where he said, go and sin no more. Um, this is what he shared with Mary Magdalene, the woman at the well. Um, we need to understand that he definitely came to bring life, but he also in that came to bring a new life, a life that was sinless for us, that we no longer had to live in that guilt and in that shame uh, of what we were, but we can become uh, people that are uh, righteous, a people that are uh, Kadesh or set apart, different from the rest of the world, 
And it's really exciting to be able to come into that and leave all that dirtiness, all that filthiness, all the unclean behind and become brand new. He promises that we can be brand new. He makes all things new, the scriptures say. So let's go ahead and uh, listen to uh, Chainbreaker tonight as an opening worship song. And let's just really think of Yeshua and think of the fact that he will break the chains, the bondages. And let's just worship together. Uh, for this three-minute and 16-second song, uh, which I guess would line up with Yohanan or John 316. Uh, this is Chainbreaker by Zach Williams, someone who is a friend of mine that I met at Life Fest last year. I got to uh, speak with him and thank him for his testimony from stage that he gave about the fact that when he used to go out, he was going out to uh, sing worship songs to Satan and to uh, be an artist out there in the bars and, uh, you know, promoted the party lifestyle. And now he sings for Yeshua. Now he sings for uh, the, the good and not the bad and the positive and not the negative. And it's just a real exciting uh, thing to have uh, friends from all over. And that's what's beautiful about Transformed Recovery. Anyone that has used the Bible as their way of getting clean, they're already a part of Transformed Recovery because this is Yah's program. This is his fellowship. This is the way that we do it. We don't make up our own program. Rock didn't make up a program here. All Rock did was took the word and said, let's get clean through this. Let's use this. Let's organize these principles from this Kitveh HaKadosh, from these holy writings, in a manner that makes sense for us, that we can go ahead and help each other to be able to overcome by the blood of Yeshua. This is called Chainbreaker. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice at the same old life If you're trying to feel the same old hold inside There's a better life There's a better life if you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, a savior, he's a bringer, shaking savior. If you got chain, he's a chain breaker. We've all searched for the light.
change breaker, and I'm just so grateful that the chains uh, that were shackled around my feet uh, are broken, and uh, I don't have that bondage. I don't have the handcuffs on anymore. I don't have that self-made prison that I created for myself because of him. He broke those chains. It's Yeshua that is our highest power, as you will now hear in the Transformed Recovery and Deliverance literature. He is our highest power, the higher power as they speak of in normal 12-step fellowship groups. We have decided to make it very clear in Transformed Recovery that there is no other higher power. This is not a decision that you have to make. This is not a choice that you have to make. There's only one higher, higher power, and that's Yeshua HaMashiach. And, uh, you know, you will find that out as you listen closely to the literature as it's read by Sandy. And I don't know if Jamie's going to be able to read with one eye or not, so uh, I guess you'll have to let me know here. Jamie, can you uh, read tonight, or can Dean read? Um, <laughs> the, the one that's the biggest print is the first one, page, but the others, they get too little, the print. All right. Okay, that's fair enough. So in other words, you'll do all the big print stuff, and Sandy will do all the small print stuff. How's that? Sounds good. Hey, right. so we'll open it up. What's first, big print? I think it's on the cover, actually. Can you read the cover? That's pretty big print. That's, that's real big. Transformed Recovery. Therefore, brethren, I call on you through the compassions of Yahweh to present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly pleasing to Yahweh, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in order to prove by you what is good and pleasing and perfect will of Yahweh, Romans 12, 1 through 2. And then we go into the preamble, which tells us transformed is a faith fellowship of men and women who overcome their challenges together, defeat the enemy of self, defeat demons of darkness, share victories, share knowledge, share understanding, share wisdom. That's result-driven and Bible-based. Spiritual awakenings are many, which lead us to come to three stark realities. One, we are not God yet, or who is God? Yeah. Who, um, turning over our life to Yah. Hallelujah. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop and a desire to start winning and to honestly destroy denial and open up recognizing our need for repentance through the conviction of the Holy Spirit Rahakadesh who solved the sin problem we solved the sin problem by discovering in recovery, that the only real and certain way out was only through the way, the truth, and the life of Yeshua Messiah, the one sent by his Father Yahweh to save us. 
I learned to live this way, this truth, this life, by transforming power of repairing three love relationships vertically, love relationship with Yah, I am, internal love relationship with self, horizontal love relationship with my neighbor. Matthew 22, 36 through 39 Hebrew Roots Bible. Two most important commandments. Teach, teacher, which is the great commandment in the Torah. And Yeshua said to him, You shall love Yahweh. Your Elohim with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. Um, the next page is smaller print, except it's, it's a warning about um, damage. So damage. Damage soul, damage heart, who you see here, what you hear here, when you be here, let it stay here. Transform recovery is the refuge, the healing place, the hospital for the heart, the sanctuary for the soul. Our warm, friendly environment was created for caring, compassion, and love to be realized. No plastic people here. We keep it real. We invite you to do the same. Open up, share your in-depth testimonies, your fiery trials, and your tough temptations. Holding our past inside is poison to our souls. Sharing our issues openly reveals that which has been hiding in darkness to be brought into his marvelous light. It exposes the accuser, it loosens the liar, and it lessens the load. The freedom to feel you can safely open up in these love fellowship groups is vital. You are under no surveillance, and transformed out is not connected to any law enforcement agency. You are not being set up for any type of failure here, no incarceration, no mental institutions, but for you to find your new exciting life as one in your new YAFAM as a new creation. We are not an anonymous fellowship group like other 12-step programs. Rather, we are very outreaching and promotional in an effort to reach the lost on purpose. Although we are not anonymous, we are very confidential. Opening up as a group is not to put your bad business out there, but rather to put solutions out there. We in Transform Recovery have come to understand that people will attend their love fellowship groups from all walks of life, people from every color, race, gender, and background imaginable. Newcomers will come into our groups extremely worldly, fleshly, broken people. They may be homeless, helpless, hungry, hurting souls who have no idea what to do. The amount of family dysfunction, soul sickness, and actual abuse, whether sexual, mental, physical, and emotional, will vary from person to person. Some may be heavily sedated on prescription drugs or may have even used today. It's very hard to help someone who's intoxicated, so we encourage anyone attending that is abused today to please speak with the Transformer after the gathering. We are aware that some are suffering severely and are hurting over things that may be quite graphic and horrific in nature. We want you to know you're in the right place. You're safe here. We learn to listen with the utmost sensitivity to each other's circumstances. One scars, one seemingly impending doom of a jail sentence, a repossession of a car, a home foreclosure, one struggle with homelessness, or even a house fire where all personal possessions are lost. 
Some will be struggling with hunger, poverty, sickness, dereliction, degradation, the death of a loved one, sexual abuse, mental abuse, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse, physical abuse, even torture and or extreme bodily harm, etc. The list of potential hurts and pains is as endless as addictions, idols, false gods, and sins. We encourage you to patiently and respectfully listen to each person share, empathetically understanding that some may be understandably quite rough around the edges. Their language may be offensive as they may have not yet learned to communicate properly without street talk, cursing, swearing, or lasciviousness. We ask you to long suffer with those still working on the perfecting of their potential dysfunctional drug damage and destroy the use of character. We ask that you share to refrain from inappropriate speech, but we must all be sensitive to where each speaker may be. Some may have never opened up a Bible before and may have no clue who the Messiah Yeshua is, but I don't know Yahweh or the Holy Spirit Ruach HaKadosh. We can never assume that everyone is at the same place in their relationship with the Creator. Some may not know Him at all, and some may, in fact, have been had bizarre church experiences whereby the Spirit of Love was pursuing them, but yet could not receive that love or may have rejected Yah love as he was trying to save them. We cannot possibly begin to stop, censor, or filter anyone sharing. There's a saying that truly applies and transforms. We cannot become so heavenly minded that we are of no earthly good. Staying relatable will assist us greatly in working sacred scripture, step 12, which is essentially helping others correctly in the standards of leadership set forth for transformers in the sacred scriptures. Hallelujah. So this is uh, a public meeting, and again, I'm going to have a, a written format to help with this uh, for uh, us to be able to broadcast and outreach to other people. And obviously, you know, we're not anonymous, although this is on a phone line, so I guess, you know, if you really wanted to be more discreet about who you are, uh, all you would have to do is use an alias uh, if you really feel necessary. So we'll put that kind of out there for those that do open up and do share. But uh, what we're really doing in uh, this type of a format of a meeting is doing Sacred Scripture Step 12. We're outreaching to other people uh, in sharing uh, the program with people, the actual meeting concept and how people come together and essentially do a very transparent Bible study, a, a study where we not only look at the Word uh, and the words within the Word and lay those out for people to kind of come to a conclusion and understanding of, but we go a step further and we share ourselves and our own personal connection to that our own struggles with that, our, our understanding that we're praying about uh, in, in receiving this knowledge and when it starts to really sink in and how it starts to sink in. And uh, once that understanding comes, did we go ahead now that we've uh, come to an understanding and have we tried to apply it to our lives? Have we actually taken the step, you know, and actually trying is dying, so I hate that word, really, because... We don't want to just try it. We want to do. We want to do it. And, uh, you know, uh, this is so true in so many things. So 
we're not going to try to be dedicated. We're going to be dedicated. The uh, Hebrew word for uh, dedication uh, is one that we're very familiar with because there is a celebration uh, in uh, Hebrew circles or Jewish circles each year. And we're not talking about the religious Orthodox Jew uh, scenario here. We're actually talking about the real uh, type of, of truth that comes through the word, that comes through actually, you know, following the word and living the word and loving the word and being in the word, that's the kind of dedication that we're talking about. And that Hebrew word is Hanukkah, okay? Hanukkah is actually a feast or celebration that came much later than the uh, Noadic, uh, I'm sorry, the Mosaic feasts that were listed by Moses um, this was a feast that, that came later on, and we know that Yeshua celebrated, so we can't say it's not a biblical feast or something we should do. Um, and obviously, there are Hebrew people that do celebrate this because they do see it as something very, very important, and it would be equivalent to a Fourth of July celebration. But what they're talking about in that is the dedication uh, of the temple, and when we look at it, we have to look at ourselves as the temple, okay? We have to see ourselves through Yeshua HaMashiach that when he left, he said, I will not leave you alone, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will send one to comfort you. I will send one to counsel you. I will fill you with him. Uh, and it's uh, Yohanan or John 37, uh, Seven, uh, I'm sorry, 7, John 7, 37, 38, and 39, he talks about being filled out of the belly. So it's something that comes from within. And even in Dr. Carolyn Leaf, who we will be using, uh, much of her uh, scientific uh, aspects that verify the Bible throughout our Transform Recovery program, she even says in the um, Switch on Your Brain introduction as Sandy and I were listening today to that, which is a, a tremendous, just the introduction alone is filled with so much great stuff that parallels our Transformed Recovery Program as the Ruach HaKadosh had given it to me, uh, so is it with science, and science verifies that what we're doing as far as reprogramming our brains is real, <laughs> okay, and it's, it's so awesome. But what we started out with this morning in the Praise, Prayer, Decree, and Declare was the, day, the word of the day today was dedication. And again, that in Hebrew would be Hanukkah. Uh, that's what that means, is to be dedicated. So what we want to understand is what are we dedicating ourselves to? And if we don't have a foundation or something to grab a hold of, we don't even know what we're dedicating to, and that's why not knowing what the higher power is, as it would be with other 12-step uh, fellowships that come together and they just let you choose, uh, and the typical one in, in Alcoholics Anonymous is, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Notice it says power. It doesn't tell us what power that is. It doesn't clarify or specify really anything um, it just says all power greater than ourself. And uh, 
you know, if we're going to dedicate ourselves to uh, something, then we have to know the power. So that's the first uh, aspect that we really need to look at is dedicating ourselves to the right power. And I don't even call it a higher power. In transformed literature, I went a step further and said the highest power. Because we know there are many false gods, and we know there are many things that can lift themselves up. And it talks about, uh, actually, in the scriptures, of over 100 different false gods uh, that we can find that small G-O-D-S used even in the Hebraic Roots Bible. Uh, a better word than gods would be, uh, you know, idols or uh, false deities, uh, things that, that we put uh, in place to worship, uh, something that we put in place of Yahweh, which should never be done. We should never do it. And uh, when we base our, our lives and, and focus our lives on that rather than what it's supposed to be focused on, we get ourselves into a bad place. So um, I had said that we were going to read through to the rock bottom realities, but uh, as we were reading, I I figured, you know what, just as an example of what a short format could be, um, just reading a couple of things that we read is enough, and then going right into a topic as I am right now is enough, and it gives us more than enough to think about and more than enough to absorb, especially for a brand new person, because they're going to be so overwhelmed as they come in. So many will probably gravitate towards and like the shorter readings because it will be something that they can, uh, they can have enough long suffering to sit through. And uh, they're maybe not going to be so tempted to walk out as we know a couple people did uh, a couple weeks ago to go have a cigarette uh, because they are still, you know, in such a place with their addiction that they really haven't surrendered and they don't have the type of dedication as we do that are on this line. The ones that are the the weekly people that are always on this line, uh, we find ourselves having no problem dedicating ourselves to a two-hour meeting, uh, which is about what most transformed meetings seem to have lasted in the past as we had the longer formats. But uh, maybe a shorter format, as we've talked about and talked about and talked about but really had never presented yet, maybe this will be a little bit more uh, easy for someone to be able to sit through and to learn a few new things each week. Uh, And maybe all they'll do is come on for this weekly uh, study uh, on Saturday nights, uh, or should we say the Shabbat or the seventh Yom, as it closes the seventh Yom and goes into the first Yom, or the seventh day and goes into the first day of the week, which, according to the Bible, is actually Sunday. Uh, It would be noted as first day uh, in Scripture, but according to the Gregorian calendar as of the 1500s by the Pope, Pope Gregory specifically, that's what those days represent. But anyway, that being said, Hanukkah or dedication is what we're, we're talking about. And what are we dedicated to? What is the higher power? Who is that higher power? what makes up what that higher power is. So we have to understand what we're actually dedicated to and, uh, and then to realize that he is the living word when we talk about Yeshua 
that's crucial. So let's just go ahead and jump in the literature of Sandy Wood to Sacred Scripture Step 2. And let's see that because if we're dedicating ourselves to anything, we need to understand first and foremost who we're dedicating ourselves to. But let's look at dedication as an in-depth examination, which examination is Sacred Scripture Step 4. Uh, when we go really in-depth and we start writing it down and we start looking at every aspect of ourselves and our lives and this faith, and, and as we examine the whole thing, we, we really, as we journal and we write, we can come to a lot deeper understandings of things. Um, the Sacred Scripture Step 10 is just a quick examination of how are my behaviors today? Did I... Uh, did I love right? Uh, did I have enough kindness? Did I have enough goodness? Did I have enough gentleness? Uh, where did I fall short? What did I do? Do I owe an apology to someone because I was kind of a jerk, you know, in the way that I acted? And I really shouldn't have said what I said because I think I hurt that person's feeling. Um, these are things that are very important and we need to understand. So the examination process is probably the biggest, most crucial aspect that we understand in transformed recovery because if we don't look at ourselves honestly and see how we behave, we don't know what we're supposed to grow with. We don't know what we're supposed to change. We don't have a goal in sight because we don't have a Kitve HaKadosh or the Holy Writings or the Bible, if you will. We don't have Torah truth uh, out there. So this is why the Torah is so important. And we uh, look at not only the 613 Torah instructions from the original text uh, through Moshe, but we look at the 1,050 uh, additional Torah or Torah or of New Covenant, or the instructions, if you will, of New Covenant, and we look at those instructions and we examine each of those and we say, do I really have a clear path to follow here? Do I have a roadmap? to my success, to my everlasting life, to the crowns of glory that I'm going to receive. Because it's not just a matter of being saved, but it's a matter of having a great life of abundance here on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, so we want to have abundance here. We want to have abundance in heaven. We want to get the crowns. We want to get the rewards. He's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I'm, I'm looking for rewards today. I, it's not a matter of, well, am I saved or not? I, I am confident in my election. My election is sure. As I examine myself, I, I believe beyond the shadow of a doubt that my salvation is secure in Yeshua. And not because I believe in eternal security, but because my faith in Him, my trust and obedience in Him is super strong. And that's what's exciting as I examine myself in a quick sacred scripture step 10. Hey, I'm looking at me and I'm saying, you know what, I'm pretty dedicated. And Sandy made that statement today too as we were talking she said, you know, we really live differently than probably most people. Most people aren't probably this dedicated to the Bible or this dedicated to prayer or this dedicated to, you know, uh, keeping the, the Torah, keeping the Sabbath. And uh, she's absolutely right. I know that most people aren't, but I'm not trying to be like most people. My goal in leading this family, the Rice family, Roxanne, as, as husband and wife, is as for me and my house, we will serve Yahweh. And when Yahshua says that in Yahshua 1.8 or Joshua 1.8 as we would know it, um, he says, as for me and my house, we will serve Yahweh. Hey, 
this is who we're dedicating to, isn't it? We are dedicating our household to Yahweh. We are saying we're a house of prayer. We're a house of praise, a house of worship. And that's where the whole name house of worship came from because we were trying to get people to understand we don't have to go to the temple anymore. We can worship right in our own houses. And in fact, that's exactly where the renewed covenant believers did worship. They worshiped right in their own houses. They praised him right in their own houses. And they went to each other's houses. They broke bread together daily, as it says in Acts 2. So we know that this way of serving him, this way of loving him, this way of dedicating ourselves to him is a scriptural way. It's a biblical way of doing that. Let's read through this sacred scripture step two and really ask ourselves, how dedicated am I to this? What, what level of understanding do I have to this sacred scripture step two? Do I own this scripture? Do I own this, this step? Is this step really make sense to me? Have I digested these biblical principles, these precepts? Are they written on the tablets of my heart? Do I have this down? Is it me? Have I become this? How dedicated am I? Let's look at that. Sacred Scripture Step 2, Sandy, if you would, please. Transform Recovery, Sacred Scripture Step 2, Who I've Sinned Against. Come to believe I am that I am. Yahweh is the creator of the universe. El Elyon, the most high deity who created the heavens, who created the earth, who created everything in it, who created both man and woman. Yahweh is our Heavenly Father who sent His Son, Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus, approximately 2,000 years ago. The highest power is His Ruach, Spirit of Yahweh, and is with us. Yahweh is much greater than ourselves. Our hope rests in His powerful transformation, which rests restores us to sanity, peace, contentment, and right relationship with him. Yeshua is the only name by which we are saved from sin. You want me to read the rest? Exodus 3, 13-15 from the Hebraic Roots Bible. And Moses said to the Elohim, Behold, I shall come to the sons of Israel and say to them, the Elohim of your fathers has sent me to you, and they will say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And Elohim said to Moses, Yeah, Asher, yeah, I am that I am. And he said, You shall say this to the sons of Israel, Yeah, I am has sent me to you. And Elohim said to Moses again, You shall say to the sons of Israel, Yahweh, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of, your, of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, the Elohim of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is how I should be remembered from generation to generation. Philippians 2, 9-11, Hebraic Roots Bible. For this reason also, Yahweh highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name, that at the name of Yeshua every knee should bow of those in heaven, and those on earth, and those under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Yeshua Messiah is Yahweh, the Son, to the glory of Yahweh, his Father. Hallelujah. So, 
when we look at and we examine uh, this sacred scripture step, uh, have we come to terms with who this true Messiah is? Have we come to uh, the submission to this, uh, this power, the highest power, the Ruach HaKadosh, and uh, knowing that when we say, yes, I, I have, then what that literally is telling us is that we've come to a place that that power is able to bring us uh, life, that that power is the life that's in us, that power is the way that's in us. And it's so crucial for us to get to that point. Um, as we were reading last week, and we'll continue in this, um, dedication really is something that goes into that second characteristic of demons. What we were talking about is that there are uh, characteristics of demons that come forth in the uh, Kitve HaKadosh. One of them is the will, and that is you know, something that a man has. When we say we are created in the image of Elohim, we need to understand that all of those, all of those that were uh, powerful and had uh, light in them, they had that uh, ministering spirits of light, they all had the same types of, of aspects that we as human beings have. So they had a will, they had an emotion, they had an intellect, okay? There was an awareness that they had and how things, you know, worked with them. So this all being said, we're going to get into the second aspect because last week we talked about the will and we went into Matthew 12, 44, and we talked about the seven other spirits uh, that would come in that were more wicked than the first. Well, um, the second characteristic is the emotion. And uh, we are so deceived often as people by our emotions, and our emotions do deceive us. And this is so crucial to realize because the uh, demonic, they have that same type of emotion, and they uh, definitely um, uh, have something that is shown as an outward mark of strong emotion, which would be the trembling that speaks of in James uh, or Yahub uh, 2 and 19, okay? So in that, we see it says, you believe that there is one Yahweh, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble, all right? So we need to remember that believing is not just a matter of seeing that that uh, Yahweh is there and knowing that he's there. So we can't just take that for granted. We have to examine ourselves closely here. And this is, you know, what we're doing is examine ourselves to the dedication because those demons are not dedicated to him. They're not uh, separated to his uh, uh, ways uh, or Kadesh any longer because what they did was they rebelled against him which they divided. So they caused the division in heaven, and that's why they were kicked out, okay? So when, um, when they go ahead and are confronted with the name Yahweh, with the name Yeshua, uh, they tremble, and, and we see this, and uh, this is pretty powerful stuff. So 
if Sandy would read uh, Yahoo 2.19, and we can go ahead and pray over uh, that scripture and really think about uh, that scripture and know that there is power in this name, and the, the very name itself, when it's spoken, will do that to the demonic and to the evil. And we need to be speaking that name throughout the day. And we need to be pleading the blood of our high priest Yeshua all over the place because he has that hyssop branch in hand and he is the high priest ready to be able to help us. He intercesses for us. He's our advocate. He is everything that we need and more than enough. But we need to understand, do we really do this well? Do we really take the power that's been granted to us, the gift of Yeshua that's been given to us, as the only son, and do we really walk in that power? Do we really walk in that light? Uh, if you can go ahead and share uh, Yahoo 19 or James 19, you believe that Abim is one, Akkad. You do well, even the demons believe and shudder. All right, so again, notice that Yahweh, it says, is a cad. That means that it is one, it is unified. That means that all of the, the Elohim, or all of the, uh, as the word would, would say it in Christian terms, all these gods, okay, uh, they're one with Yahweh as the Ruach, as the ultimate uh, highest power. So we all come together collectively and we as human beings are created in that same image of the collective Elohim. And uh, as created in that image, we are to be those that are able to have that love, which is the number one characteristic, and be one with love. Be one with loving each other and uh, you know, we have to really, as we examine ourselves, say to ourselves, am I really doing this? Do I really have the unity? Now, when we go into what the 12-step fellowships call the traditions, uh, the first tradition um, in their fellowship, which we call the bodybuilders, is this specific fact that we're talking about right now, that for us to congregate, for us the fellowship for us to really be powerful as a collective body, we need to be unified. We need to be a chad. We need to be, as it says, that they were in the book of Acts, which is how that Ruach HaKadosh was poured out on the day of Shavuot Pentecost. And that was that it was a chad. They were in one accord. They were one together. So we do need to be unified. We do need each other. And this is important. As we collectively come together, the more and more and more of us that come together, and that's why when you see big events like LifeFest where there's a lot of people together, it's not the religious aspects of where all those people are at that makes the power come down at a LifeFest crowd when 80,000 people come throughout that event. It's not that. If there's at any given time 20 or 30,000 people worshiping together, it's the sadness or the oneness of the heart. It's the fact that love is the most important thing that each of those people have in their hearts, and that's what they're sharing with each other. 
because we are to love our neighbor as ourselves, and we are to, to express that love with each other. And as we express that love with each other at those types of events or gatherings, this is a powerful, powerful force that will make an impact. And what happens is yokes will break, and the, the evil that is upon people's lives will all of a sudden be just destroyed. And that's why it says that love conquers all in 1 Corinthians 13. Because when that type of a uh, power of love is all brought together in one place, you can see how people all of a sudden are in tears as they're worshiping. And as those tears start falling, those yokes are breaking. And people are coming into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Yah, hallelujah, they are experiencing the power of love. They are experiencing Him because 1 John 4, 8 says that He is love. And that's what they're experiencing. They're experiencing that overwhelming power of love coming down in a major event. And when that happens, it's a beautiful thing because people are able to experience Him because He is love. And that's what we really want to encourage people to uh, go after and to seek is that kind of a love. So I need to make it noted that we're not against big events. We're not against big groups that worship uh, at all in uh, Love, Inc. or Transformed Recovery for that matter. Um, it's the, the things that when we go into false teachings or false doctrines, that we would caution people to be aware of because what we are dedicating ourselves to should not be dedicating ourselves to religion or to some religious uh, tradition of men or some doctrines of men or some false teachers or false teachings. That's not what we're dedicating to. What we're dedicating to is love. We're dedicating to the idealist not always realistic, but the idealistic aspect of that, which is Yahweh is love. The highest power, Ruach HaKadosh, is love. And as that love flows from one human being to another human being, uh, we see it on a one-on-one -on -one basis, we see it in a small group basis, and we can see it in big events. So when these big events come together, for the most part, even though uh, and we've, we've heard Yahweh actually get mentioned more often. We heard even Michael W. Smith, as he came on stage, he shouted out to Yahweh. He shouted out to Yeshua. I was blown away. I, it just totally broke me. I, I cried out so big time when I heard one of my praise and worship heroes, Michael W. Smith, do that. I, I really uh, loved the anointing and the Ruach, how it moved through the music that Michael W. Smith has written over the years. So for him to recognize the name, the true name, the sacred name of Yahweh and Yeshua, it was beautiful. So let's just talk about this tonight. Let's talk about our dedication and know how powerful it is that even the demons will tremble when we're dedicated in our emotions, our emotions that we have, to be able to break down and cry, to be able to tremble at, at the name of Yahweh. When we come together in a huge group, we see all these young people, they'll do an altar call, and, and we'll see 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 16-year-old, 17-year-old boys and girls 
go over to a prayer tent because they've been so moved by the power of love, by the power of Ruach HaKadosh, the highest power that there is. And these young people will go off to, the, to get some prayer. This is one of the reasons why we have LifeFest as one of our number one outreaches that we do each year is because uh, it is a great time of fellowship. It's a great time to rightfully divide the word together and have our studies at our own personal camp and be able to, to talk to and speak to others there at these events. And we want to take, as a Sacred Scripture Step 12, as an outreach, just as this is an outreach meeting that we'll do every uh, Shabbat evening as it goes from the seventh yom to the first yom or the seventh day to the first day, as we cross over into a new week, we want to take this message of love, which is the most important thing about transformed recovery, because I will tell you, it is the only thing that will change a person. It is the only thing that will transform a person is the power of ahaba, as it would be as the Hebrew word, and, and love as we know it in English. That ahaba, that specific giving of love to another person, as we need to do as brothers and sisters in these transformed recovery gatherings, is going to be crucial. So that's my uh, message, and I'm sticking to it because it's really not my message. It's really his message, just summed up in a few words uh, that come from a very big book with a lot, lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of information in it. And uh, we're just narrowing it down to some specific things here to realize that we do have to look at the, the way to overcome these emotions that can be so uh, swayed by uh, outward manifestations of fear and, and demonic forces that, that will come at us to mess with our emotions. We need to understand that the only thing that we can do is have the authority of Yeshua in our lives, the love of Yahweh in our lives, and that will totally shut up our emotions. It will totally knock down this deceit that can come through emotion because we will start to think soberly, we will start to think clearly, and we will dedicate ourselves to the right thing, to the right thing, to love, to Yahweh in that. So I will open it up to uh, anybody that would like to do some caring and sharing. And I was thinking that uh, Elder Dean might have something really powerful to share on this subject because I know that this was one of the number one things that drew Dean to Love Ministries was the fact that we really focused on the Torah, on the truth, and we weren't out there in a bunch of man-made doctrines. We really focused on the real name that was in that true uh, sacred scripture uh, text and that we know is Yahweh, is Yeshua, is the Ruach HaKadosh. And that's what pushed Dean to say, you know, I, 20 years ago I was seeing that we, the way it was being done in churches was not the right way. And there are a lot of churches out there that unfortunately they've created something different than what I believe Yahweh Yeshua wanted to create. We're not trying to say we're coming against anybody that's out there. We're just trying to say that we are four and we are one and we are unified 
to Yahweh, to Yeshua, to Ruach HaKadosh, to love. We are dedicated to that, that relationship. We are dedicated to each other in the Achad, in the unity of that relationship of love. Hallelujah. Because that's what the Bible really says. And that's what's so unfortunate that tomorrow so many people will meet on a Sunday morning and they'll miss that point. They will miss that point of that type of relationship of love, that type of unity of love amongst the people. And it's really sad that they'll miss that in churches all over the world tomorrow because they'll be so caught up in religion and so caught up in traditions of men and philosophies of men that, that they will miss the point. So we haven't missed the point, and I think Dean uh, probably has some real good insights to share as an elder, someone that's been around the block more than once, and he sees it, and he knows it to be real. So, Dean, if, if you could share some things tonight, I'd love to hear your heart on this subject. It's uh, uh, really great that you're dedicated to be on with us on Saturday nights, and I know you listen in a lot, and I know you're a man of a few words, but I know that when you do open your mouth, uh, there's usually some real beautiful things that you have to share. Elder Dean? Sorry, maybe I have you guys muted just a second. Nope, you're not muted. Are you there? Dean and Jamie? We're here. Um, I guess Dean doesn't care to speak tonight. Okay. Well, maybe you'd like to speak. Well, Rock, when you were, you know, giving the second step, I didn't um, realize it until what you were saying. Um, what came to me is I know who I have believed in and am persuaded that he is able. And, and that was, I knew that um, since nine years old because he became my friend and I didn't know him really as Messiah at nine, but I knew he came. He really, when I said the prayer and asked him in my heart, he came, and he became my best friend. So I knew he, him, and he was through the days of, in the carnival, the years there, and when I went and lived with Grandma, too, he was teaching me his way and his love in, in different ways. But I remember the one thing important I, after I had been in a hospital in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, <coughs> for several weeks, I um, was persuaded um, to go into the Paul treatment. A lovely young girl came up and um, 
And what really helped is she worked at Two Rivers at Hamilton's where I did, and Hamilton's had a plan to that covered treatment. So I entered into DePaul, and I surrendered to him, to Yahweh. I knew him as Jesus. I knew him as my friend, and I called him Jesus back then, as through my years. And then he came to me. Um, through a lovely lady named Esther. I told you guys that story already. And um, and when I, I learned he, he was always love, but that what was missing was, was um, my understanding of um, what the cro- what he did on the cross that he forgave me and that he didn't lie and he really forgave me for all the wrongs I did and many, many wrong ways I went. Never with a heart to be wrong, but I was wrong. And he brought me out of many, many uh, roads that was, led to destruction. And some of those consequences, you know, I'm dealing with now with Thanksgiving that I have my Messiah who can work inside the hearts of others. And I'm talking about my children who I was way too liberal with and they went every which way, every, um, but my parents also gave that to me, that freedom, like, you know, from about eight years old during the carnival days when I was awake and um, my parents needed to sleep because they worked the nights, I was free to, um, wander, you know, go to to talk to people, to I whatever, you know, and and um so I guess I thought that liberal was part of love, but now I understand my understanding has changed to there is way know we're doing the right thing and it's given to us we're not left in darkness he brought to us the word his words which are truth and sometimes meant humans twisted those words and comes times that leads us astray but then he didn't leave us with just the word he told us in the Word that He sent to us the Comforter, the Counselor. Hallelujah. He gave us Rahakadesh so that we can know, hey, this is the right direction and this is. And um, 
He was dedicated to me my whole life. In my the ways that I was deceived, he didn't let it stay. He brought me out of that deception. It, timing, I don't know what sometimes took longer than others. Some um, things I had to change, but it was I wasn't left. I was always, there was an open door to to open a door that he has opened. And the fact that he shuts doors was a way he would help me. Because when he shut doors, I knew, because when I, I first um, went through divorce, I never wanted divorce. I always wanted to be married to a preacher and serve people. <laughs> when I went through divorce, I um, I thought that was the unforgivable sin. And then I, you know, when I remarried, I decided for my higher power that I wasn't good enough. And so I had... He, I'm one that he had to send to hell, but I still wanted other faith. So he had started love growing in my heart, and I wanted to see other people um, get the hurt out of the hurt they were in, get to know who their Messiah was, all these things. And I went so many different ways. Um, I think I was trying to get that love I had with him in a relationship with a husband. But because I knew my true husband first, um, I didn't get what I wanted from a, from a human. I had to... Um, suffer through the recognizing that we're not perfect, our love, but the love he lets us grow into because as we receive it, he gives us power to walk in it through the Rahakadish and through obedience. And it was um, a long struggle for me, but one thing I had was step two. I, I always knew who he was, that he was that one that first became my friend. And then I grew into understanding because I did hunger and thirst after it. And that's a gift because I did wonder when dealing with people that not everyone hungers and thirsts after righteousness. Matter of fact, one young man that right now is dying with cancer, when I told him about salvation, he said, well, I just want to go have my fun right now. And 
I learned to understand that he, Yahweh's given us that choice. And we can choose death or life. And um, no one else can do that for us. That's that song, you got to walk that lonesome valley by yourself. That's what, it, what that is. We've got to make that decision by ourselves who we're going to believe in. And um, I always, when I was in the AA programs, I've always let people know who my higher power was and spoke of him, even gave Bible stories um, in those programs. And there were those who came to me to be their sponsor and some just to ask questions about what they were going through and what was a direction. And I gave them what I knew of the word only because I did know that Rahaka Dish would give me that truth, and I did know to speak truth. Um, where I've erred, I'm sure I have. I do right now ask forgiveness if I've ever led anyone the wrong way, including an example for my children, because I, I think that... Um, I was cast out of me a spirit of rebellion. And I see that rebellion so strong in, in some of my children. So I'm standing on, as for me in my house, we shall serve Yahweh, recognizing it's, that I did plant into them a mixture because where I went astray, I gave them the wrong example. But I can today correct that. And um, and as I grow, I can continue to become more like Yahweh. And he can um, deal with my children. So um, as far as dedication, it would it was that love I was dedicated to. He never, ever let me die. He never would leave me there when I was beaten, when I was um, raped, when I was misused. Through it all, he always came back to me. And the devil continues always to make us believe lies. And I guess with people in trans, being transformed and when they talk with me, that's, that's a key to know he's solely dedicated for us to become all we wanted to, he wants us to be. And that's where we'll find give that message. And I want Rahaka Desh to use my mouth to bring light in the darkness. And then I pray for the words that he 
that Rahakadish speaks through my mouth, that they take root in the heart of those that hear him and they grow. And um, hallelujah. So I, I am a little part. And I had to go through the process of surrender, the process of suffering even, to in order to um, receive him. And maybe if I receive truth in order, or maybe I can say something that helps another to not have to suffer through the consequences of sin. So um, I'm very sure who I be- of who I believe in and that he's able to not only keep me, but to also change me and to also use me, though I was wretched. He took the ugly and made something beautiful that maybe will help another. Because from the dust of the earth, Yah created man, his breath made man a living soul, and I can't deny him. I will always walk beside him, for I was born to serve Yahweh. And I'll pass with that. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Brother Bill, uh, you want to talk about how uh, your dedication is working? I've seen you uh, be very dedicated to uh, being on this line, and the more and more I've heard you share over the last couple of years, and in fact, um, consistent almost every week, I think it's two or three uh, times now, but it's been really awesome to listen. In fact, I, I listened back to last week's meeting, and I heard you pray in the opening prayer, and I was just so impressed. Uh, so awesome to hear your relationship. It's obvious that you are really in a great relationship with Yahweh, and I just love that. Yeah, I couldn't hear you very well. Hold on. You were fading in and out. Okay. I just was complimenting. Bill, can you hear me? It's Jamie. Can you hear me? I just muted him because what happens is when I'm talking, there's such a loud screeching that comes through my phone that I think that's why it's hard uh, when Bill is unmuted to hear what I'm saying. So I was just saying, Bill, uh, that I respect and appreciate your dedication that I've seen to this meeting, uh, this gathering, this Bible study, this transformed recovery, how we come together weekly. I know that it's impacted you because I hear someone that's much more yafident, someone that is much more connected uh, spiritually because I listened last week to the uh, uh, to the meeting that we did we had it recorded and I played it back and uh, I was really really blown away by your prayer 
you were the opening prayer person last week, and uh, it was an outstanding prayer. It was fantastic, and uh, I really appreciate it uh, having you in that uh, in that capacity. So I just wanted to open. I'm going to unmute you now, open you up to be able to share about your dedication and your life with Yahweh and what's all happened from the time that we first uh, met and even before that as you maybe went to the Seventh-day Adventist denomination uh, with uh, Jerry and Annette and how you kind of grew up with him uh, throughout your time. But it would seem as if you're more dedicated than ever before, and that's beautiful. So uh, here you go, Mr. Bill. Hi, um... Yeah, um, I grew up, um, um, before my mom and Gerald met up, I grew up Presbyterian, and, and, and even after my mom and, and Gerald met up, um, we went to a Pentecostal church, you know, Presbyterian, and, we we even went to some con- Christian concerts, and of course, and what I when I shortly after I moved to Bondaleg, I was Pentecostal, but I kind of didn't. I wasn't really into that. So then I met up with one of my ex-girlfriends and we went to a Protestant church and of course we had trouble finding the church. We bounced around various churches here in Fond du Lac and, and um, we found one and we went to a Presbyterian church. But then my that ex-girlfriend and I broke up and and uh, my next girlfriend was Catholic, and I mean, I'd been to her church a few times, but I wasn't happy there either. So I, even after then, after I um, after she broke up with me, um, not long, um, I became. Not long after that, um, I noticed that my mom and Gerald are were studying more about the Hebrew Bible and learning more about the truth and stuff, and 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 then they gave me a number and and code to access the this line. The, the um conference call and um and I listened on it and it became more enjoyable. I kind I kind of enjoyed it better and um and I and I and Rock, I really thank you for letting for giving for giving me this Hubert Roots Bible. And ever since then, been, I've been um, 
participating more in Bible verses than um and ever since I I um ever since then I've been studying the whole spirits world and word and and um and I um and ever since then I I enjoyed a lot. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, I've enjoyed uh uh loving you, Bill, and that's really what the whole point is, is us, you know, we're supposed to fall in love with each other as people. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a journey that, you know, each different person, we can have such extremely different backgrounds and extremely different uh, lives of where we come from. But when the rubber meets the road, we're all a bunch of souls that Yahweh uh, has created and we all have the same need and we all want that love so I've just really enjoyed you know falling in love with you man and, and you know I'm really grateful to have you as part of this uh, uh, this virtual congregation and even we were able to turn it into a physical hug and, a, and some uh, time that we got to share with you and uh, last year and, and we're looking forward to coming back again and being able to spend a few uh, a few days up there and hopefully uh, crash at uh, Jerry and Annette's uh, place and uh, really, you know, spend some quality time and uh, who knows, maybe even a, a physical congregation might get started there in, in Fond du Lac. I did have a lot of relationships. I did live there at one time. Um, we're just open to wherever Yahweh is going to put together these pockets of people that we know uh, we got somebody from up there again and several people up there that keep saying, where are you guys in Florida? Where I want to move down. You know, somebody just said that to Sandy tonight. So, but the beautiful part about the conference line is wherever we are, we can still be together. We can still hear each other's hearts. We can share each other's hearts and really have some powerful, uh, uh, information that we share some knowledge we share some understanding, and we're able to uh, share our experiences of walking that that knowledge out, that understanding of that knowledge out as a as a lifestyle, as uh, action, as doers of the word, and that's when it becomes real wisdom, and we can share that wisdom with each other too. And uh, I've had the privilege of having a lot of brothers and sisters walk into love relationships with me and, and uh, I have a lot of people out there that I love and I know love me and that's the main reason we want to have this line open is so that people can dedicate themselves to each other and dedicate themselves to the Yahweh and the love that he is uh, and the fellowship that he is and the unity that he is and the coming together as one as a cat. Hallelujah. So thank you so much for opening up, Bill and uh, Jamie. Uh, Sandy has something to close us out with on this uh, topic of dedication. Be great. So 
dedication. So I, I do believe in step two and that Yahweh is the creator of the universe. And uh, there are times
to thank everybody for joining us for another uh, Transform Recovery and Deliverance meeting, as we will call it, the outreach meeting uh, weekly. 
and the broadcast to be able to reach out to other people who are lost and need to be found, who don't have love relationships in their life. They're lonely, they're sad, uh, and they're, they're totally in a place and they really need somebody to love them. They really need help. And uh, we can be that outreach for people. So I pray by the blood and the authority of Yeshua HaMashiach that we will overcome every obstacle. We will tear down every stronghold. We will come up against every foul, nasty, unclean, wicked spirit that will raise up its head against us. And we will call it dead. We will call it void. We will call it out for what it is. It's a lying spirit. And we will not believe those lying spirits whatsoever, but we will overcome by the blood of Yeshua and we will succeed as we bring forth his message of truth unto the nations. Uh, it's not religious. It's not about uh, anything denominational. It's just taking the raw scriptures and putting them together and seeing that he has a way. He has a way. And we are to follow that way. We are to live that life we are to be in that truth, that Torah truth, and that's what transformed recovery and deliverance is. So we thank you, Yah, for this. We thank you for this opportunity to reach the nations in ways that others would never reach the nations because you are our, our Yah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we appreciate you and we need you in all that we think and all that we say in all that we do. Hallelujah. Thank you, Yah. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Yah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Yah. Hallelujah. 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 to believe.